Hello, everyone. First of all, I'd love to thank you for tuning in to the Integrative Thoughts podcast. I am your host, Matt Kaufman. And through this platform, I plan on seeking out guests that interest me, that I am curious about, and overall just living a more meaningful, purposeful life in hopes that you as listeners and I myself can grasp onto a little bit of their knowledge and integrate that into our daily lives. If you are a longtime listener to the Integrative Thoughts podcast, you know how often I stress the importance of detoxification. I believe that heavy metals such as mercury and aluminum, along with environmental pollutants like mold, plastics, and pesticides, are at the root cause of every dysfunction and chronic illness in the modern era. That's why I recommend ZeoCharge. ZeoCharge is 100% natural zeolite that does not contain any fillers, binders, or additives. ZeoCharge has not been shown to bind to any of your beneficial minerals or other nutrients. I take two tablespoons of ZeoCharge with filtered water every single day about an hour after breakfast. It is my go-to for detoxification support that I believe can assist any and every healing protocol on the market. If you would like to try out ZeoCharge, go to the link in my show notes and use code ITP for 10% off your entire order. So listen, I've been experimenting with different types of minerals, especially magnesium, for the past five to six years. But I could never really find a product that I could feel the benefits that magnesium claimed to give. Magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all of human health. It participates in over 600 different biochemical reactions in the body, yet over 80% of the population is deficient. Magnesium deficiency can increase risk for all disease and greatly decrease optimal performance. That's why I like Bioptimizers. They use all seven forms of magnesium in a highly bioavailable form in their product Magnesium Breakthrough. Magnesium helps with stress, anxiety, sleep, immune function, detoxification, and so much more. If you want to try out this product, head over to Buy Optimizers and use code INTEGRATIVETHOUGHTS10 to receive a 10% discount on their amazing product, Mag Breakthrough. Today's show is also brought to you by Valence Nutraceuticals. Yes, this is the supplement company that I started with a few partners. Absolutely having an amazing time with it. Can't wait to bring some of the most superior mineral and vitamin supplements on the market to you. One product that I want to highlight today is Zinc Matrix Pro. Now, this is a zinc blend with five of our favorite forms in there. We have zinc carnosine in there, zinc orotate, zinc methionine sulfate, zinc picolinate, and also zinc glycinate. Now, this is going to have superior bioavailability and works systemically throughout the body. When we're reading hair tissue mineral analysis charts, one of the most common deficiencies that we see, or maybe the most common, is a zinc deficiency. People need so much zinc in order to detoxify nowadays and to balance out the body. So if you want to try out our Zinc Matrix Pro or any of our other products over at Valence Nutraceuticals, click the link in the show notes and use code ITP20 and that'll get you 20% off your first order. Now, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that I have struggled with mold toxicity, heavy metal toxicity, chronic infections such as Lyme disease, Epstein-Barr, and even Babesia. After spending about $100,000 on functional labs, protocols, fringe supplements, coffee enemas, and even biohacking devices, I finally found mineral balancing. 
This has been the most effective protocol that I have found to address chronic issues. This is a specific program using hair tissue mineral analysis in order to reverse engineer the entire mineral system all at once and detoxify the body of hidden infections, mold, and heavy metals. If you would like to schedule a consultation with me to design you a program, I have officially opened my books to take on mineral balancing clients. Click the link in the show notes under work with me to find out more. All right, today's guest is one of my all-time favorites. It is a guy that I like to now call a brother, my buddy, Jason Ganzuk. He is one of the most well-rounded practitioners that you can find on the internet. I mean, go follow him. He's absolutely fantastic from the physical to the mental to the emotional to the spiritual. He gives me high quality Paul Check vibes. I'm going to continue to have him on the show. But today we got into a lot of his background and what led him here. Like me, he had tons of health challenges with mold and lime, heavy metals, parasites, you name it. And kind of like me to balance out the suicidal thoughts and the depression and the emotional piece, he got into psychedelics and then now has found his way in the last few years around HTMA and mineral balancing. Although he does it a little bit differently than my camp does, that's all good. I'm just glad that he has began to focus around the minerals. And we dive into how over the last few years, his whole thought process has changed into more of the physical healing than the metaphysical or the psychedelics. Although he still is a psychedelic facilitator, he has realized that the world has become so toxic and that you have to focus on the physical body anymore to get better emotional health. We have just been burdened. We are generations in of a very toxic world. And if you're not focusing on detoxification and healing the physical body, no psychedelic or ceremony is going to take you where you want to go because the physical body won't allow it. So enjoy this show with Jason, man. He is just a wealth of knowledge. I love this guy. You guys are going to hear a lot more from him. Jason, my brother, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I kind of mentioned it to you before the show that after listening to you and obviously ever since you uh, messaged me on Instagram, I had followed your page and We just have so many similarities with like the conditions we've been through and the health issues and trying everything under the sun and the psychedelics. And I mean, just throwing everything at the wall to see what'll stick kind of idea. And just probably you're, I'm sure you're like me, just digesting unlimited amounts of information and podcasts, trying to just see like how to get energy or trying different diets. And so I was telling you for the show, like I didn't even really make notes and questions for the show, which is rare. I usually have like pages of questions and I just felt like uh, we would probably just flow, you know, pretty cohesively just because of all the similarities. And I didn't really feel like I needed any notes. Yeah, man, I'm excited to rock and roll. And we have a lot in common. And I'm really excited to really get more into what it is that you and I have both been navigating, really, in which has allowed us to be the authentic individual who we are today. You know, and that's something that I really spend time with every day is having honest self-reflection, reflecting on everything that I've gone through in my life, all the pain, all the wounding, all the trauma, breakups and relationships, seeing how I could have loved more fully so I can apply that to my life right now to where I can love in relationship and life at more of an awareness level, and also reflecting and seeing that everything that I've gone through has allowed me to actually have interest in the things that I'm studying and actually be an example for what authentic health and healing is today. 
not trying to teach somebody that they have to be healthy the way I'm healthy, or they have to live a lifestyle that I live, but for them to redefine what health and healing is for them. And I wouldn't have had that capacity in me to have that reflection if it wasn't for being really sick. Have it be with Lyme, have it be with mold, have it be with fungal and parasite infections, have it be stuck in the mother wound, stuck in the father wound. All of these things allow us to actually realize what love is, right? I mean, how can we understand what love is without pain? How do we know what good is without bad? So it's like all the bad, all the wounding and the trauma and the stress has allowed you and I to actually be in love and to actually be an authentic coach and practitioner from love, not from pain and fear, which commonly I see a lot of people in. That's really one thing that had me have interest in you, interest in what you share is because it's not what you say, it's the intention and the motive behind what you're saying. And I feel that in you. I feel your passion. I feel everything that you share is true and honest. I know you're not bullshitting yourself and you sure as hell aren't bullshitting your audience. And that is one thing that is very hard to find in relationships. So I think that's a really good place to really kickstart and rock and roll this podcast is self-reflection and seeing that self-reflection is really the pinnacle of learning who we are and being able to see everything we've gone through is actually allowing us to be who we are right now. So if we want to try to eliminate the past, yeah, we can try to do that. But at the same time, I think it's about integrating the past into the present because without that, we wouldn't be who we are. And that's why I think plant medicine can be so important with the right understanding that it's not about just integrating the plant medicine. It's about integrating the plant medicine into your life and then integrating all the daily activities in your day so it's not separate, right? So plant medicine integration is no different than the integration that we need to be doing every single day, you know? So... I would love to have a little bit of reflection from you with what I just shared, and then we can go from there and see what's going to be the, be the best avenue to take. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, as far as the way you spoke about, like you know, eliminating the past, that is one thing that I have found um, dramatically, you know, with plant medicines is the kind of rebirthing and the you know reimagining all of the things that happened from childhood and, you know, teenage years and the the topics that come up within those, whether you're ready for them or not, are quite expansive. And I love them for that reason. And even some microdoses can help you kind of navigate, you know, daily tasks. I feel like if you, they make you a little bit more aware of just like, you know, maybe how you spoke to someone at the corner store right, when you were getting gas or maybe your, your significant other and there's a lot of, you know, pattern removal within those systems that are, you know, just ancient and there's a reason they've been used for a long time. And I really, and you know, that's why I think uh, I enjoy them and I always probably will, although I've took a step back while doing the detox and the healing on them beside, aside from some micro doses and things like that. And I just think that um, they're a little bit overused and things like that as far as the psychedelics go, but over to the authenticity point. I try to be as direct and concise as I can be on the show because of the basically the hell that I've went through, you know, the the low level mood and depression. And I mean, there was points where when I was in the mold where it felt I don't I was never going to like attempt suicide, but it felt like how could I go on? 
right? Like it felt, it honestly felt like that 24 seven. I was just like, wake up and think like, how in the fuck am I going to get through today? Like there's not enough caffeine or nicotine or coffee enemas or supplements and shilajit that I can take that like will help me get through this day without a nap. And it was hard to plan things because some days I would kind of feel half normal and then other days I would be completely wrecked, but there really was no compass or no roadmap. Like no, there's no, every day was just different. You woke up differently each day and that could be determined from like maybe you had like one little food that your body got triggered by that could and i'm talking healthy foods eggs sometimes would just wreck me or you know white rice you know grains and it wasn't like i was out eating mcdonald's i would just if i had a food like that and it wasn't every time so it wasn't really like a way to gauge it like sometimes i would have some grains and feel okay and then another time i would feel like i had a hangover for two days just from like some grains like rice or something like that so it was really bizarre and and working through that and you know honestly before i got quite ill i kind of was always like big into working out and you know i thought people were mostly just depressed because they didn't work out or have, you know, any kind of movement in their life. And then I just had this like low level, just lingering depression and chronic illness and started to realize that, wow, maybe people with ADHD or, you know, depression or some kind of anxiety, could it maybe be due to these toxins or these hidden infections? And, you know, I'm coming full circle the more I work with mineral balancing and seeing the heavy metal removals and the parasite removals where I'm thinking, yeah, this is actually. And of course, a lot of people are still not, you know, having the right diet or the right diet for them, whatever that looks like. Of course, they could make some changes and they're you know, drinking on the weekends. But I'm starting to even believe that a lot of the food cravings and the cravings for alcohol and, you know, overuse of cannabis or whatever their crutch is, is also caused by a lot of these mineral imbalances and deficiencies of these parasites. You're, you're really not even your emotions. Like you're, these parasitic infections inside of you are causing the cravings for the sweets. You're not even feeding just yourself. You're also feeding these other organisms. And then when I would have the chronic um, like neuroinflammation from the Lyme, of course, I would try to do anything to quell that, right? It didn't matter if it was ice cream. It didn't matter if it was cannabis or CBD or nicotine. It didn't really matter what it was, whatever I had, you know, available. I would work with that as just some way to kind of maybe get the nervous system to calm down just a bit because I was just stuck in this state of fight or flight. And looking back full circle, I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm glad that my body went that low because I believe a lot of people are like kind of in that mid range where they're like, they don't really know where their energy or their brain power could be because they've never been just shoved into such like a depression and a fatigue type of state and complete burnout to where they've never really made that many changes. So they're kind of just like chugging through life, going to work, you know, got a kid or two, but they don't really know like exactly how good they could feel, how appreciative they could be for life by just eliminating a lot of these hidden stressors within the system. And they probably, they may never even go that route until they hit some kind of wall similar to you and I. And I want to ask you, like, when did your um, chronic conditions start? Like what age and what was like the first kind of symptoms you noticed? Yeah. And 
you know, I want to kind of expand a little bit more on that question to give a little bit more insight in regards to when everything started and kind of what led up to that. You know, I, I've lived a very unconventional lifestyle, to say the least. Um, I didn't drop out of school. What I would say is I graduated out of school at a very early age in which I do not have a GED or a diploma. And I am completely okay with that. And I learned at that age when I did end up graduating and transitioning out of school is they weren't teaching me really what it was that I wanted to learn. They weren't teaching me how to think. They were teaching me what to think. So really at age seven, eight, I was already aware that I was not going to be an individual. And how I was being taught in the public schooling system I was in, and I don't have anything against schooling. It's just the system that I was in. I was just being taught like everybody else, which was not applicable for me. You know, so I just want to highlight that part is because I've pretty much self-taught myself everything. I've taught myself how to read. I've taught myself how to write. I've taught myself how to investigate into things. I've taught myself my own history. I've taught myself all about religion. I've taught myself, one, how to be in a relationship and actually how to have a social life since I didn't really have any social background when I was a kid. So that itself has been a blessing for me is because without that, I wouldn't have had the capacity and willingness to actually take my own situation into my own hands. Because I've worked with probably over 15 different doctors and specialists, all of which either misdiagnosed me or diagnosed me properly, you can say, but they didn't give me the effect of treatment. So I ended up having to take the whole situation in my own hands. And if it wasn't for that background of really teaching myself and not going to school and having life be my, my schooling, then I don't think I would have been able to really figure things out for myself. Because I, I had to think about things from a very different perspective in which is different than how they teach you to think in school, right? So a little bit about my background is I used to race professional motocross for 16 years. I learned how to ride a dirt bike before I learned how to walk when I was four years of age. Then I transitioned into road cycling from age 19 to 25, I've had 16 concussions. I've broken over 32 bones. So I've definitely beat myself up a lot physically, really as a result of not wanting to sit with the emotional pain that I was actually in. And so I would hurt myself and ride over my head on my dirt bike and get myself in situations that would actually end up resulting in an accident and breaking a bone, getting a head injury, because it was separating me from really sitting with the grief and the pain of my mom transitioning when I was at age 13. And pretty much that's when everything really started to manifest is shortly after my mom transitioned. And when I say transition, she passed away from overdose. And even prior to that, my dad and mom were divorced and I had to see my mom in supervised vision in a little cubicle, an eight by eight cubicle with a supervisor monitoring us for 45 minutes to make sure my mom didn't do anything harmful to herself. So all of this is going on when my psyche is going through a lot of development. And at that age, I didn't know how to feel. And I didn't know how to, one, express what it is that I really needed. So I went through a lot of abandonment, neglect, and betrayal. And really that is 
the core of psychologically were Lyme, mold, fungal parasite infections, and everything that comes with that, that's really where it all comes from. So you can say the mold, the Lyme, the fungal and parasite infections, Toxoplasm gondii, mineral derangements, all of that really is what I would call the neurosis. And the neurosis is pretty much the compensatory adaption of the unresolved core wound and trauma in which you've not been able to process. So your psyche creates this adaption to the trauma that's unresolved, and that's what creates a neurosis. So pretty much what we call Lyme mold is a neurosis, which is why a lot of supplement regimens don't actually work is because they're treating the neurosis. They're not treating the core wound, right? So really to answer your question, it started when I was 13, when my mom transitioned. And I went several years not really knowing what the hell was going on with me. Suicidal thoughts. I've attempted to kill myself four times. Thankfully, mm. it didn't work unless I wouldn't be here. So that's been a mm. blessing myself. So to say the least, one of my favorite quotes by Carl Jung, no tree can grow to heaven until its roots reach hell. And then another favorite quote by him is, until you meet the unconscious on the inside, it will meet you on the outside. So I'd say those two have really been the biggest blessings of my life is because me getting sick was actually my soul getting my attention to wake me up to actually understand really what loving God is so I can actually have a relationship with my soul and heal effectively and honestly. One thing I really appreciate about you is you've tried a lot of things and you've experimented. You don't talk from a place of reading out of a book and be like, oh, well, it works because so-and-so said it works. You try the shit yourself. And I can see it. You're a living example. You embody everything, right? So my soul has taught me how to be what I'd call embodied in everything that I've learned. And, of course, I still have a ways to go because I have so much information in my head. It's going to take me probably the rest of my life to embody everything. But if it wasn't for that, there would be no way I would be the loving, authentic person I am today. And we can get deep into everything I've done, what I've learned, who I've worked with, a lot of the malpractice I've, re I've received from doctors. I mean, I've been overdosed on ketamine and almost killed in a freaking professional clinic. Um, that night I tried drowning myself in the bathtub and then I had my mom, which, you know, an angel, uh, a spirit, pretty much tap on my head and startle me and wake me up and that caught my attention and ever since then I've had a very deep relationship with my mom you know connected to the spiritual realms in the heavens um it's been a wild journey to say the least I mean there's so many different avenues we can go in my journey um that let's just see what you're filling into right now and then we can further inquire into that um so yeah that's 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 the gist of Kind of like a little background in my childhood, my adolescence, you know, not having not having really a social life. You know, I mean, even to this day, I don't have much social activity. A lot of people look at me as just being a hermit and a hermit is necessary to heal and a hermit is necessary to actually inquire into what it is you want to master so you can take that mastery and, and share it in the world. Um, I'm very fortunate to have amazing clients and even somebody like yourself, where I can have a relationship in a friendship with 
because you and I are open-minded. It's not about agreeing on everything. It's about just seeing things from different perspectives because that allows us to relate. And then the more we relate, the more we love. Um, so it has been a very unconventional way of living, but I would not trade it for anything else, even though I feel like at times I may have missed out on, on going to school and having the social life and having all the friends and stuff. But my clients and everybody I meet through podcast and social media, all of those people are what I call part of my soul family. And for me, that's the greatest thing I can even freaking ask for. Yeah, beautifully said, brother. And one thing I want to touch on is we were a little opposite, I think, in how we addressed our traumas. Um, me not having a father and working through a lot of the abandonment issues and my mom kind of always being like a bartender. So like I'd be at school a day and then she would be at work at night. So I'd kind of be like just having dinner with my brother or whatever she cooked before she left to work. Or I'd be just like making a fucking pizza in the oven or whatever it was, you know? So a lot of like, you know, a most emotional disconnect and, you know, some of the same issues that you're working with through your mother. Um, I had with my father because he didn't, he lived just a few miles away, but he was an alcoholic and he was on drugs. So he never actually was in my life. And the way that I expressed that was different than you. You sound like you were a little bit discluded. I was like overly social, right? I always had to be with a friend or be with a girl or be at a party or a nightclub. I just, it was like, cause I couldn't sit with myself, you know, as I get older and I realized I was always hustling, bustling, either making money, hustling, being with a girl, partying, music on. I never sat with myself and, you know, went to had to go to the gym, sometimes in the gym twice a day. So everything I did was like an outward expression. And it was simply because I couldn't deal with my emotions and I didn't know how. Right. I just had this armor up. And, you know, I thought everybody who was emotions and having cried and got sad and depressed, I thought they were weak minded. Right. Because I didn't realize this armor that I had built up from the abandonment of not having my father and not really having a lot of emotional connection with my mother. Um, it wasn't until I was an adult that I started. I started saying I love you to my mom. She had a lot of trauma, you know, from my grandpa, he was abusive and different things. And she moved out when she was like 16, just because it was, you know, so hectic in the household. So she didn't really know how to love. She did the best she could. I have a great relationship with her and I, I love her for how hard she worked and to take care of me and my brother and my two cousins. So no, no, um, bad blood there still have a great relationship with her, but I had to figure out and learn you know, health and how to live and how to have relationships because the only relationships I had ever seen were she kind of chose people that would cheat on her, you know? And so then I just, you know, end up repeating the same cycle. And there was a point, you know, after my last relationship, I know you kind of touched on this is where I, um, it obviously was a super long time ago because I've been with my wife now for like 10 years. But, you know, I, when I got out of that last relationship, I, I had really hit a low, even though I broke up with her, I was really heartbroken over it. I just knew it wasn't a good fit. And I started to really think about like, I'm, I'm doing drugs, I'm cheating. I'm just really not being a man really. And all I like the loop that kept happening, you know, I'm sitting around smoking weed and taking Adderall, just trying to suppress the feelings. And the loop that just kept going was you're just you're doing just everything your father did. This is all you're going to be like, is this all you're going to be? Or are you going to make a shift? And so 
after that, I tried to be, you know, started to shift some things. It was still hard to get out of the partying world and things like that. And then after I got sober and moved to Florida, I got super ill or, or at least realized how ill I was. I think that the medications and the cannabis and the alcohol were just kind of suppressing a lot of symptoms that I had had for, for years, right? And it, back to another piece that you talked about is, you know, I do think a lot of these traumas we go through are definitely changing cellular function and detoxification and methylation. So as much as I focus on the physical health through the minerals, because we can begin to balance the body back out, but not only after it goes back through those patterns that it went through. So that's why I think some people think mineral balancing sounds dramatic and tough because you're going to relive some past experiences and you're going to go back through those mineral patterns that you went through when you were traumatized at some point, whether that was childhood or adolescence or whatever it may be. So we can use the physical protocols to go back through emotional issues. But I do think that it goes hand, it goes both ways that you do have to address the emotional side. And there's probably no more effective way to do that than psychedelics, um, you know, maybe mixed with the mineral balancing protocol, but definitely the psychedelics can take you there in, in one session. But we have to begin to, this is why I like you so much because you really have had to do the same things that I've had to do and look at the chronic condition in the soul and the self from every angle, right? So it's not a lot of people in the spiritual community, you know, my wife teaches yoga. They're super focused on just like, let's do yoga and let's chant and let's do breath work. And I love all those things. But then I like, I'll see them and their diet's not that great, or they're not really taking any supplements when we're just super depleted. Like you, like you have to mix all of these things together to, to become the total package in my opinion. And that's why I like your message because it's like, okay, yeah, we can, we need to treat the mold. We need to treat the lime, but that could also come from emotional issues. So let's dig into the emotional root. Let's also work on the physical root and the minerals and the different properties and get your diet connected. Let's get a little movement in. You don't have to overdo it, but let's move some, let's lift a little, let's do some yoga. Let's add in the breath work. Let's hit the psychedelics. If, if, if you're called to it, and really round out what I feel like becomes like the total life experience. But had I not went through the pits of hell, like you said, Carl Jung, I don't know if I would be in this position today. Yeah, I resonate deeply with everything you shared, man. Thank you. And yeah, I've, I've noticed, I've noticed a different, uh, a different time that we're in right now. Things have actually drastically shifted in my practice the last two years. And what I'm seeing more is, really needing to treat the physical body first, really in order to access what it is you need to access and heal within the psyche, within the soul. So, I mean, I spent the first six years, six, seven years of my practice really emphasizing spiritual development, working on them, connecting with their soul, and just emphasizing mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. And getting good results, definitely. And then from there, starting to get into, you know, treating fungal and parasite infections, mineral rebalancing, etc. The last two years, the first place I go is, you know, really treating the mineral body. Giving the mineral body everything it needs to at least start things off. Have to have a foundation. So alleviate the burden, toxicity, and stress that is happening in their physical body. Only then can you actually access what is happening within the psyche. And what is fascinating to see is, let's just say I have somebody that comes to me that is suicidal, always anxious, 
um, no inspiration and no desire to create anything in their life. And let's say they have mold issues and they have a fungal parasite infection and everything that comes along with that. Starting to treat that, and let's say we bring it from a nine to a five, right? Then we reassess what has been happening in their psyche when they had that mold and that fungal and parasite infection, et cetera, and it's almost not even present. So I'm seeing that actually treating the physical body correctly and effectively is actually treating what needs to be treated in the psyche, right? Or it will alleviate it, or simply what is happening in the psyche is being a reflection of the mold, line, the fungal and parasite infection. Just like he said, gosh, a fungal and a parasite infection, or let's just say you have a parasite infection, it's hard to have that without a fungal infection, but you get my point. The way it alters your neurotransmitters, the way it alters your perception, your psyche, everything, every function in your body is affected by having a fungal and parasite infection, which is different than having, you know, fungus and parasites, which we need to actually maintain homeostasis. So fungus in a parasite is different than a fungal and parasite infection. Big difference, right? So, but you change the terrain and you change the infection it's not going to be creating all the fragmentation in the psyche, which is creating all these different, you know, hard and negative emotions, you know? So it's interesting just to see the difference from how I first started coaching and how I was operating my practice for a while and how it's just naturally changed over the last two years. And it's working with people that have been very, very sick and so sick. It's like, no, the last thing to the last thing we should be doing is you know a plant medicine ceremony. That's something I'd maybe only recommend in one or two years. Um, almost so sick we can't even be doing things like qigong or tai chi because they don't even have energy to get out of bed, right? So it's like okay, let's start treating what we can treat the physical body, and it's just fascinating. And I know you've seen it too. It's fascinating to see the changes that are happening in the mind, soul, and in their spirit, right? And it's interesting because I was laughing when you're sharing with me, you know, people are doing breath work, cold plunging sauna, plant medicine ceremonies, and, you know, doing all the spiritual things, and they're neglecting diet. Or they're eating vegan, thinking that eating vegan is good for the world. You know, it's important to understand anything that ends in an ism actually means you have a conflict with God. We can mm. you know, expand on that a little bit more, but veganism, vegetarianism, right? So it's interesting to see that when we get indoctrinated into these isms, it's really a way of controlling and conditioning and programming our minds even more. So I see that as because this, this, this third wave of psychedelics to me is not authentic. It's not, you know, um, nor am I against it or anything. It's just, I, I think the authenticity with medicine usage has really gone downhill, which is why there's more people serving medicine that should not be serving medicine than the people who are actually authentic and aligned and know what they're actually doing, which is why there's so much malpractice in medicine. I'm just saying is in the medicine community, we're not teaching people how to actually connect with their soul and let their soul guide them where they can actually have individualized eating. You know, in, in all the medicine ceremonies I've been a part of when I was younger and first getting into medicine, IS ceremonies, Wachuba ceremonies, they didn't mention a damn thing actually about diet. And if they did, they just said eat vegan, right? 
So it's like people are already getting this information, which is false. So the way people look at meat is they look at it like it's a bad thing. Oh, I can't eat meat. No, that's not doing anything good for my body. And that's, you know, that's, that's a disgrace right there. Which is funny when I actually am eating a pound of raw meat as soon as I'm done working with medicine. And people will be looking at me in ceremony like, what are you doing? And I say I'm being true to myself. So I think it's not the people to blame. And I don't think there's really anyone to blame. It's just the lack of awareness and the lack of participating in learning and discovering what actually works. And the truth is what works. So what I see medicine facilitators serving medicine and their oral health is horrible because they're not eating any meat and they're not getting really any nutrition because they're just eating beans and rice and you know other you know processed food when when i see that it, it it's hard for me to actually listen to what they're saying because they're not actually a living example of what health is so we can't separate spiritual health from physical health there are two sides of the same coin. And if we just focus on heads and neglect tails, that's not going to work, vice versa. So we have to integrate it. But what the point I'm saying here is we have, to, we have to understand where is the best place to start. And right now, with where we're at collectively, in my opinion, the best place to start, working on the physical body, giving the physical body what it needs, and only then can you start actually addressing the deeper core wounds and, you know, abandonment and stuff like that. But hell, 80% of my clients, if I start bringing up abandonment to them in the first six months, they're going to freaking grab their wallet and run out my damn door. So you have to start slow. And how I like starting slow is saying, okay, I understand we have all this going on. We're going to do what I call surround the dragon. Meaning, let's say they come to me with 15 symptoms. Well, surround the dragon. We're going to do the one thing that's going to have the biggest bang for our buck. So that may mean teaching you how to breathe effectively, teaching you how to breathe through your abdomen and not be a chest breather. Right? Let's do some HTMA testing. Let's test your house for mold. You know, let's get an air doctor. Let's get the hypo air, you know, system that you actually sent me last week. And thank you so much, man, for sending me that. I'm just saying, like, those are the things that we do when we surround the dragon is because doing those things it's actually going to alleviate a lot of stress for them. And that's, to me, what alchemy is, is really effectively alleviating stress, not creating more stress. But if I have a client come to me with Lyme, and I tell them to go and do, you know, a 30-minute meditation every day, you know, and then connect with their soul every day and, you know, do these things that are related to spiritual healing, it's going to actually create more stress for them than anything, Right. So it's like, how can I simplify their life, not complicate it? And just because you give somebody the right thing, but at the wrong time, then that's the wrong thing. Yeah, it's, I think a lot of us who have tried the psychedelics, or at least anybody, you know, who's still learning and creating upon is starting to realize that the physical body has really been tore down. I think what it is, is, you know, people say, like, I always, you hear, oh, well, my grandma ate cookies and this and that until they were 90. And it's like, yeah, well, we're, we're like four generation, three, four generations in of toxicity now. So grandma wasn't really born into a seed oil heaven with 
you know, chemtrails in the air and, you know, crazy drugs and poisons in, in the water, you know, they were eating different things. Like, you know, if I look back at my, um, you know, my roots are from West Virginia. We used to go down there once or twice a year and, you know, my, my great grandparents and stuff, they lived to be like 90 something with, and just kind of died without any complications. And what, and when I look at that, I goes, they had no Wi-Fi. They had antenna bunny ears on the TV. They had a corded phone. My great aunt, my great aunt and my great grandma were out d- doing a little garden until the day they died. They had meat from the farm up the street and they lived a simple life outside of the city. They were in the middle of nowhere, right? So we're not that. We're surrounded by unnatural frequencies that clearly disrupt cellular communication and actually do cause some other derangements within mineral patterns and calcium uh, gated, you know, ion channels and things like that. And then we have, we're born toxic. So like, you know, going back to my mom's story, she has issues around meat because she was forced to eat like meat and finish her plate from my grandpa because he was a big hillbilly West Virginia guy. They lived on the farm down there. So she has like a meat aversion due to, you know, what I would call trauma from being forced to eat her whole plate of food that she didn't feel like eating. And so I'm born, I, you know, I had immunological issues forever. I mean, I took so many antibiotics growing up. I had ear infections and fungal infections on my face. I would get and have creams and antibiotics and eardrops and I had like 12 different surgeries, you know, both my eardrums burst at a point two separate times within like five years. So both of my eardrums have been reconstructed and, you know, they took out my tonsils and my adenoids for like no reason, just because I was already going to go under anesthesia for, for one of my ear surgeries. So they were like, well, since he's under, let's just take out, you know, part of, part of the body that we like to just take out and throw away for no reason in, in medical uh, dogma that we have going on. But so I think that we're, it's finally catching up to us. You know, I have a, a friend from high school whose kid is not doing well, been to the ICU like six, seven times or like six years old. And, you know, I got a hair test from back from the child and, you know, double four low pattern, the worst of the worst. These are, these are patterns that, that maybe 40 years ago when Dr. Paul Eck was doing this work that you would rarely see an adult with like rarely. And now we just see it's becoming the norm. Like children are just in four, a four lows pattern, just like regularly. And that's not, they're, they're usually like, you know, fast metabolism, fast moving, can kind of eat whatever. I mean, we seen that even just like one generation ago, like, you know, like just even like 20, 30 years ago, like people, kids were just more active. Now they're overweight. They have issues, a lot more medications, a lot more ADHD. And a lot of that, you know, circles back around to a lot of unnatural circumstances, but we were in unnatural circumstances 20, 30 years ago as well, sitting under bright lights in schools and everything. But I don't think the toxicity had caught up to us the way that it does now. And you see it a lot more. And so we have to hammer home that you need to develop physical resilience within the nervous system, remove the toxicity in order to address the emotional issues. You can do all the plant medicine ceremonies that you want and all of the talk therapy that you want and hire another coach and pay them 10 grand to talk you through whatever you're going through. And if you have mercury or aluminum in your brain, 
I'm willing to bet you're not going to get too far. You're just, you're still going to feel like you have big dreams and big goals, but you're not ever really going to be able to act on them. And that's what I think is happening in psychedelics. And I've talked with Ryan, our mutual friend on his show and my show where people are going to the plant medicines because of the, you know, the anxiety, the depression. And then you get that kind of honeymoon effect from the ceremony. And you, and I, I went through this and, and you feel great. You feel you've, you've opened the floodgates. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start fasting more and I'm going to go keto or whatever, you know, you, you wake up and you realize, and a week or two later, you go right back to that low energy self, potentially burnt through some more minerals because a ceremony is not easy. It's not like you, it's not like it's going to affect you zero. I don't know. I don't think we have the research on what it does to mineral patterns, but I guarantee you, you lose some magnesium and some other, you know, essential nutrients within those ceremonies. And so you can come out even more depleted than beforehand. And then now where are you at? Now you've, oh, you've just spoke to God. You've, you've talked to different entities. You've seen, you've re- opened your childhood trauma, worked through it, maybe feel good about that. You know, maybe you, you know, like forgive mom, forgive dad. That's cool. But then if you're still burnt out in two weeks, you can't act on really anything else that you thought you were going to from that ceremony because you're just still depleted or even more depleted, more mineral imbalance. So I have taken a break to try to balance out with the minerals and I've only done some micro doses and because I think that once I'm fully balanced, which I think will take a couple of years with the state that I, at least I was in, but I think a state that most people are in nowadays, it's going to take one to two years to really balance out the system of being pretty diligent about it. And then maybe go back into a psychedelic ceremony and see how much less you need. You know, you might do one ceremony a year or something like that. And there's just, there's no way with all of the toxins that were being just inundated with that there's there's no way you can't focus on the physical moving forward definitely i mean say you have a wound you have a wound on your knee you have a wound on your elbow and it hurts right now what if i came up to you and i poked that wound hurt way more right they'd probably be like get your freaking damn finger out of my wound (laughs) well when we have really any sort of underlying pathology, any sort of underlying infection, have it be a viral infection, a fungal parasite infection, really anything that is creating allostasis, which is the opposite of homeostasis, so there's an imbalance in the body, it's poking these wounds. So say you have a mother wound, that mother wound is going to be amplified now that you have, let's say, a viral infection or a fungal infection, or let's just say, to keep it simple, you have a chronic magnesium deficiency you know or let's just say another mineral that's not talked about a lot chromium you have a chromium deficiency well now how you respond out of that mother wound is going to be way more intense than how it would be if you didn't have that deficiency or imbalance right so we're going into doing plant medicine work having a lot of our wounds being poked already but we're suppressing it we're numbing it from drinking coffee and doing things that are not in alignment with our heart and our love and etc. So we're not even feeling how we have all these fingers in our wounds and then we do medicine and then it opens up Pandora's box. And the point I'm getting here is, is I've seen this so many times where a lot of what people experience where it's quote unquote a hard 
or a bad trip really is a symptom of a lot of the issues they have in their physical body. And I've seen clients that I've started working with before doing, let's say, mineral balancing or any sort of supplement regimen, I've seen how they go through a journey. And then I've seen the difference now after, let's say, one year of doing, you know, a really effective regimen with them, now how they can actually process and see their mother wound. They're not looking at their mother wound and they're getting, they're not getting scared of it. Now they can accept themselves and forgive themselves and also accept and forgive the fact that, you know, let's say their mother did beat them or their mother did abandon them. They can accept it now. So it's really important to understand that any sort of physical issue we have is going to amplify a lot of our wounds, have it be in a, a mother wound or uh, an abandonment wound, whatever it may be. So it's important that when we're going through medicine healing to understand that if we're having things come up for us, let's say in relation to, you know, our, you know, childhood, and it's very hard for us to really see into and accept to understand that that may be a result of the fact that your physical body needs healing. And then you need to get your energy up so you can actually go into your trauma and access the lesson, the medicine, and the love that's actually contained in it. So really to synthesize what I'm saying is if we have these imbalances in our physical body, it will be really hard for us to access the medicine, the lesson in our wounds. We can see them, but then when we see them, we're going to get scared shitless of them. But if we're physically healthy enough, then we can actually access the medicine and the lesson in that wound. And then we can integrate it into ourselves, and that's how we actually heal. Is because, as an example, when I broke my collarbone when I was five years of age, I actually rode my three-wheeler off of a freaking embankment. That pain and actually going into complete freeze mode, there was a part of my soul that stayed there. So as Jason continued to age and go through childhood and adolescence and everything, that part of his soul that got hurt when he was five years of age stayed in that accident. So that is what is called soul loss. So in my plant medicine work, I've gone back to when I was five years of age. I've regressed to that age. And then I gave Jason what he needed. And he was scared shitless because he didn't know what happened when he fell off the freaking embankment. So I gave him what he needed. I hugged him. I let him know everything was okay. And I inhaled him back into me to where I could actually become more whole. Now, we can only really do that healing when we have the vehicle. Vehicle meaning our physical body. When we have a strong enough physical body in a vehicle to actually do that work, because that's not easy work to do. And can I, I can very easily have that be very fragmented if I actually have a fungal infection that is driving a lot of chronic freaking inflammation, right? So I'll actually be very stuck. You know, it's one thing having awareness. You know, I was sharing this actually last night with a client. Awareness is like medicine. Now, just because I have medicine, let's say I have medicine in this bottle here, it's not going to do anything unless I take it, right? So it's like awareness is half the equation. Awareness is the medicine. Taking action on the awareness is actually receiving the medicine and giving yourself the medicine. So it's like I see when we do medicine, and I mean this collectively, we get all this awareness. But then we don't take action on the awareness. We don't know how to receive the medicine. 
So we end up becoming really stuck. And yeah, I think that is definitely a result of going into medicine, chronically fatigued, your adrenals are shot, you have all these different mineral derangements that are happening in your body, so your mineral body is very weak. Well, you can't go into medicine strong enough to actually go into the medicine and receive the medicine if your body is really weak. So the way I say is if you're energy and your vitality is less than a 7 on a 10 scale, you should not be doing plant medicine. Cambo is different. It really is. But at the same time, you have to treat it. You have to treat it in a way to where it's different. It has a different energy behind it. You can't go hard with a client that's chronically ill. You have to go very gentle and easy with them. It's still a wild, hard ride, but you have to have the energy that I'm not going to be rocking their boat. I'm here to help them heal, and if I rock their boat, I can do complete opposite. But if your energy is less than a seven, then it's going to be very hard for you to really participate fully in the medicine journey. And then if our energy drops below a seven, that's when we end up getting fungal parasite infections is because if our energy is less than a seven, we actually can't really participate in life. You know, our body's a garden, just like nature. Nature's a living garden. Therefore, every garden must have adequate sunlight good soil, good water, not too much, not too little, and good air, right? So that means if our energy drops below seven, we're getting one or more of those things. We're either getting too much light, which would be related to fire and alchemy, or the air, we're not breathing enough. We have an inverted breathing pattern, so we're not getting enough air. Therefore, our garden starts dying, right? And if our garden starts dying, how can we participate in nourishing the garden of life, right? So we have to learn how to nourish and heal our garden before we participate in the garden of life, which would be going deep into your psyche and seeing what it is that you need to heal through plant medicine work. Expanding on that, you know, a model that I've been working with myself, which has actually been one of the main things that have helped me heal deeply inwardly, and this is the model that I've learned by Paul Check, C-H-E-K, is the four-doctor model and the one, two, three, four-step process to actually effectively healing. One, what is your dream? Meaning, what is your motive to heal? Because if your motive to heal isn't greater than your motive not to heal, no change will happen. So, for example, if my motive to quit smoking cannabis is, I just want to stop smoking cannabis so I'm not spending all this money a month, most likely, that's not a big enough motive to stop the motive that's creating me to actually smoke cannabis. So I'd say my motive needs to be because I want to be an authentic, honest, loving individual that's not addicted to things. Because if I'm addicted, I can't help anyone with addiction because I'm bullshitting myself and them. So step one is what is your dream? What is your motive to heal? And your dream is related to fire, desire loving connection. So what is it in your life that brings you loving connection? Two is forces, yin and yang, feminine and masculine, um, agape and eros, meaning yin would be working in, tai chi, qigong, yoga. Yang would be working out, expending energy. So a lot of people already have so much damn debt physically, their energy is below a seven, they're working out, they're drinking coffee, they're eating processed food, they're creating more debt that they can't pay off. So they're too yang. Three, 
Step three is three choices. Choice one would be to make an optimal choice, a choice that's in alignment with your dream and your motive. Choice two would be a suboptimal choice, a choice out of instant gratification and temptation. That's when we experience the little devil inside of us. And then choice three has two sides, a negative and a positive. The negative is to do nothing, to be apathetic. So let's say we were scheduled for our podcast this morning at 11 a.m. PST, and I didn't show up. I didn't text you. I didn't say, okay, I'm busy or something happened. I just did nothing. That right there is the worst thing you can do is do nothing. I don't pay my mortgage, which is funny because you actually don't need to, but let's just say I don't pay my mortgage. <laughs> you don't pay your mortgage. There's consequences. You're going to get in trouble. You don't pay your auto loan, you're going to get in trouble. So being apathetic is the negative of doing nothing. And then the positive of doing nothing is what is actually the medicine. And that's so you get into a disagreement with your girlfriend or your wife or your coworker. You say, honey, or whoever he or you know, her name is, you say, let's take a time out from the situation. Let me access my values. Let me get in my heart and give myself what I need so I can actually give you what you need in the situation. So you return back to the situation when you feel like you can make an honest, optimal choice. Now, if people do that, that saves them from all the heartache of saying things that they regret. And then my favorite out of the one, two, three, four step process to healing is step four, which is the four doctors. So we have doctor diet, which is related to earth element and alchemy. Earth is related to the root chakra, groundedness, safety, security, travel association, and having a deep connection with something that is greater than anything you can fathom and imagine. Right? So doctor diet is all about giving your body the food that you individually need. And listening to the needs that your body is conveying to you every single day is because if I work like crazy during the day, I'm going to be eating different in the evening rather than if I didn't work that much that day. So you have to listen to what your body needs, which is why no diet will work for anyone. You have to establish your own way of eating. So there's a lot more Dr. Diet, but just to keep it short, after Dr. Diet, we have Dr. Quiet. Dr. Quiet relates to the water element. And water links us to our intuition and to our soul and feeling what it is we need to feel to heal, self-introspection, and having a deep relationship with your soul. And water is related to the, uncon the unconscious as well, what we don't know. So Dr. Quiet's all about active and passive rest, working in and spending time loving yourself through the introspection and self-reflection you're doing. We have Dr. Happiness, which is related to the air element, since air actually is one of the main function that, functions that creates the mind. So Dr. Happiness is the chief physician of the mind. So Dr. Happiness is all about your values, um, our beliefs that we have, uh, our myth, our story. And by Joseph Campbell's definition, a myth is something that never happened, but is happening all the time. So our story actually is what gives us meaning to life. Um, and with Dr. Happiness, also another very important thing is doing things that are happy making for you every day to where you're not codependent on anyone else for doing that for you. So you accept responsibility. This is what makes me happy. I can dance naked. I can paint. I can sing. I can chant. I can cook. 
and I don't need anyone else to create that happiness for me. That's all about Dr. Happiness in the air element, right? So if we're not creating happiness in our life, we're going to have an issue in the air element. If our diet's not optimal for our individual needs, we're going to have an issue in the earth element, and so on. And then Dr. Movement is related to the fire element. So Dr. Movement is not just about physical movement and physical exertion. It's about how we move physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually through life. Right? So those are the four doctors. Those are the four elements. And then you can say, well, where's the fifth element? You're the fifth element, meaning Wu Qi, space. So all those elements actually infuse you being the fifth element. So you're pretty much God embodied in a form through all the relationships of fire, water, earth, air. So we're an alchemical being. And therefore, if we're not getting enough fire, if we're getting too much fire, we're going to burn out the water channel, which the water is related to, you know, the kidneys, the urinary bladder, the second chakra. So as you see here is like that right there is pretty much a system in which we all need to actually get healthy. That's a foundation. Right now, I'm sitting on a chair that has four legs. You're sitting on a chair with four legs. We drive a car with four rims, four tires, table, four legs. Most things need four to have a foundation, right? Each leg represents a doctor. I've never seen anyone be healthy with one doctor that is in balance. So we have to learn how to effectively manage each of the four doctors, but we don't know how to do that if we don't have a dream. So if I ask somebody, hey, what are your values in life? Before asking them what their dream is, they're probably not going to really know what their values are. So we have to have a dream because our dream gives us meaning. And then when we have a dream, now we know what to say yes and what to say no to. Right? So that system is how I've healed. That system is how I've taught clients to heal. And that system is how I navigate real challenges I have in my life because I'm still healing. I mean, there are many things I didn't, you know, share about my childhood and adolescence and teenage years that really wrecked havoc and a toll on my body that I'm going to be healing and recovering from for probably the next 10 years, you know, and I'm happy to even expand on that because this is a safe container for me to share this. But when I was competing as a professional athlete, I did turn towards taking performance enhancement drugs. I was doing everything because I was so desperate and I didn't want to stop doing something I love to do because I was so damn sick. At that time, it was not fair to me that I had to give up my dream of being a professional athlete because I'm sick. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to freaking take all this shit, numb myself so I can still compete, even though I'm playing Russian roulette over here doing things illegally. That was my way of still numbing myself. But taking testosterone, doing peptides, doing SARMs, doing EPO, doing all this wild freaking shit that honestly was something that I thought I would never get into when I was competing. And I got into it because my mind was in a, such a desperate state that really hurt my body physically and emotionally too. So I've been off of everything since the day I quit riding a bicycle. So it's been, it's been about five years. I've actually been off of testosterone for three and a half years. That was a freaking hard thing to get off of. Gosh, I was on testosterone since age 19 to 27. And then I started weaning off after that. So, I mean, my body was so dependent on testosterone, and I was taking over a thousand 
a thousand milligrams uh, every two days. So I was like taking five wow. times the amount of what a lot of other people take, but I can ride my bike a hundred miles every day and <laughs> feel like I didn't even do that when I woke up the next day. Would I do that again? Yes. Am I proud of myself for doing that? No. Do I accept and forgive myself for doing that? Hell yeah. Because I wouldn't be who I am today without that. So that's an example of integrating that into now and not trying to die to that because if I die to that, I'm not going to be me. You know, and I understand what I did was wrong, but it's allowed me to learn how to really be honest with myself and other people. But the point I'm getting here is I still wake up some days of the week where I don't feel the greatest. I still have probably very similar to what you're going through at times, man. And it's hard because you have days of feeling good. And then those days of feeling good, you're like, yes, this is so damn good. I mean, the things that so many people take for granted, you and I have, and we're like, this is better than winning freaking a billion dollars. Just having mental clarity and being able to just feel good in the body, right? So the days that it's hard are the days that are actually our greatest teachers. And I know you know that too. So it's like working with these poor doctors is what allows me to have those these hard days be days of actually the medicine I need to heal. Pardon the interruption. I want to take a quick break to talk about gut health. With all of the research coming out over the last decade, we know exactly how important the gut microbiome actually is for our overall health. If you're anything like me, then you have struggled with tons and tons of gut issues. I grew up on a lot of different antibiotics. As I got older, I did a lot of partying, drugs, alcohol, standard American diet, yada, yada, yada. Fast forward, I had chronic mold toxicity in line. After that, I really couldn't get my gut to function properly. I spent tons and tons of money on different kefirs, yogurts, probiotics, different things that really didn't seem to work. That is until I found Just Thrive. It's a 100% spore-based probiotic that arrives 100% alive in your gut for maximum impact. It has a thousand times better survivability versus other leading probiotics. It helps support digestive, immune, and total body health. For me, it really helped to beat bloating, gas, constipation, and diarrhea. And it is even clinically proven to address leaky gut in just 30 days. So what I do is I take two caps with my largest meal and it really helps to improve nutrient absorption as well. And they are backed by a 100% money back guarantee. So for if any reason it doesn't work for you, no questions asked, you can get a refund. If you want to try out Just Thrive Spore-Based Probiotics, go over to Just Thrive Health and use code ITP15 for 15% off at the checkout. If you're anything like me in the health and optimization space, you're not only looking for which supplements may make you feel optimal, but also different technologies. The problem with most technologies on the market is they can really burn a hole in your pocket. If you are looking for the most affordable, but yet yet highly effective technologies to help promote detoxification, better sleep, mitochondria function, immune function, look no further than Therasage. I have their portable infrared sauna and I am willing to put that sauna against any other sauna on the market. It heats up quickly. I get an amazing sweat. I've been in some of these really, really expensive saunas and I prefer my Therasage sauna. The new addition that I have in my home is the Therasage PEMF mat. This is a game changer. A lot of people who are dealing with chronic illness and autoimmune conditions could really benefit for at-home PEMF. When you're trying to do PEMF out at a clinic, it can charge like 30, 60, sometimes $100 per session. 
Therisage is just dropped the most affordable PEMF mat on the market. You can use it daily. It has a TENS mat. It has red light. It's a heating pad. My wife is absolutely obsessed with this thing. It has just brought more energy, mental clarity, and all around overall well-being. I gave up my morning meditation recently and just started laying on the PEMF mat. It's such a great addition to have that with the sauna. The PEMF will help you to release a lot of the toxins and then you can sweat those out via the sauna and you will just feel rejuvenated. So if you wanna try out any of the Therisage products, you can use the code Kaufman10. I will link to their website in the show notes. They have the most amazing affordable technology biohacks on the planet. Yeah, be- beautiful rant there, brother. I-, I love that. And I know, you know, using them performance enhancing drugs, it was probably also not just the trauma and what in what you wanted. It, it was your identity, right? It was who you basically that's before you had the values that you have now and someone can ask you who is jason today and you have all all of these tools in your toolkit and you have all these values and things that you know you can express to the world i'm i'm this practitioner i help people do plant medicines i'm a coach i'm this back then riding that bike was your identity right and so for you to give that up would have would have basically forced you to face all of the things that we're talking about here today, right? The childhood trauma, the other things, giving that up would have forced you into some kind of depression or, you know, some, some shadow work just off, off of itself, right? Similar to like that breakup that I talked about earlier, right? It, that breakup hit me so hard that my mind looped around some of my shadows, right? And it came out of nowhere. And that, that I feel like a lot of people do, they, they don't, I guess I should say, have specific values. Like you were talking about, that's probably one of the doctors that people are lacking in the most. Most people just want some form of, you know, money that just pays the bills and allows them to buy toys. If you ask most people in society, at least in America, I, you know, that's what, what I know best. Um, you know, what are their values? Who are they? They'll say, I, I, I'm a finance manager at blah, 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 blah. Like, like, who are you? Like, what are you, what's your, what are you passionate about? What are, what are you here to do? Like the, these type of things, like they, they don't have an answer for that. They've never sat with themselves, you know, back to the, you know, Dr. Quiet. They've never meditated or did some yoga and really thought passionately about how do I make an impact here? And, you know, by the grace of God, I've, I've found mine and it was through similar routes as you, lots of trauma and lots of inflammation and the different infections I had to deal with. And, I mean, maybe that was a slap in the face that I needed, but I, I do know I always kind of had a, a burning passion to do something more than what was just, you know, given to us. And that's one of the reasons that I moved away from uh, Flint, Michigan, because the people there are just okay with being so low energy and just, you know, you know, selling drugs, partying and, you know, just doing the basics and just to get by. And I knew I needed a radical shift in order to be around a different environment where people are, you know, whatever, running down Bayshore with their shirt off and, you know, eating healthy and going to the gym and not, you know, going to the bar five days a week, things like that. And uh, one thing you glossed over, though, I want to circle back around to is, you know, um, I've touched on this in a few shows. I'm not sure if you've heard those ones about combo specifically and how it does, in my opinion, 
work differently than psychedelics when we're talking about this. And I want to know your experience with combo and uh, some of your clients now that you're a practitioner. And because I do think that when I speak about psychedelics, some people kind of lump that right in the same category, even though they're completely different in the way they react in the body. And I do think that if you are low energy and have some of these mold and, you know, chronic issues, that combo is, should be first choice for you. I think that if you're under that seven out of 10 energy that we're, that you're speaking about earlier, combo is the right route for you in the beginning. And maybe we do some mineral balancing and things like that. But the peptides contained in combo, in my opinion, will, will help regulate the immune system, get rid of some of those parasites. I had so many that I did a lot of combo ceremonies and it wasn't healing on its own, but I did keep feeling a little bit better each time in comparison to like a big mushroom journey or something like that, where I would feel super depleted afterwards combo. I would feel depleted like maybe for that day because I had Lyme and all this stuff that I wasn't diagnosed with yet when I first started. But over time they got easier and I kept feeling better. My, you know, my uh, gut dysfunction got a lot better. So I want to know, like, um, what have you seen with combo and sick clients? Have you have you uh, felt some good healing in your body from from now being a combo practitioner and doing it more often? And then what have you seen with clients? Yeah, I sure have. I would say out of every medicine I've done, and I've done, I mean, I've, I've done really every medicine. When I say medicine, like plant medicine, psychedelic, that a lot of people know, like have it be ayahuasca, wachuma, 5-MeO, bufo, uh, ketamine, iboga, i done them all and cambo actually was the last one that i actually ended up doing and i think i had my first cambo three years ago i believe like think at the end of 2020 um that rocked my world in a really good way actually i was strong enough at the time to um receive the medicine and i had a very unique experience because I learned how out of my body I was. So my medicine actually with the Cambo back when I first did it three years ago was to get more of my body. And it was so hard for me is because I was fighting being in my body, fighting the pain and not surrendering to it. Um, you know, and can't forget to mention, I felt amazing probably for three to four weeks after just way more energy, way more mental clarity. And another thing that was really interesting, and this is actually what, you know, um, kind of acted as a catalyst for me to start studying Cambo more and like the, the peptide profile in Cambo is, um, you know, I, I've enjoyed smoking cannabis. I've enjoyed vaporizing good kind of Native American tobacco for a long, long time. Um, is it the, the healthiest thing I do? No. Is it the worst thing I can do? No. It's, it's my way of, you know, having a little bit of weeds on my grass and keeping it in check. But after I did the Cambo, I had no desire whatsoever to do anything like that. I had no desire to smoke, nothing. And I found that really interesting because doing other medicines, aside from like Iboga, I, you know, two, three days after, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to vaporize some good cannabis. I want to vaporize some good tobacco, you know. But with Cambo, it's like that didn't even cross my mind, you know. So that's kind of when I had my first experience of Cambo. And that led me to really start studying it more. But again, I never had interest in it's weird it just it never aligned you know it's like you know what the medicine i trust that it comes to you when you're ready so I, I don't try to seek it out i don't try to seek out a practitioner i mean at that time i was so saturated in doing so much medicine work 
I didn't have the capacity in me, capacity in me, I think, to do another medicine like Cambo, even though it's not a psychedelic. So fast forward to October of last year, 2023, is when I did my 12-day intensive training with Caitlin Thompson, who was outstanding, outstanding. She's the best. Nation. She knows how to apply it. She just is so diverse with how she teaches, and she caters to everybody's needs 100%. So it was great because we all went through this training, 13 of us, and we all got to see all of our own healing and witness everybody else's healing throughout the two weeks we were together. So that was just fascinating to see somebody that had MS and then having um, the lesions from their MRI completely disappear after a year of doing Cambo. So she cured herself of MS through Cambo. Another woman had a significant improvement of her lupus and autoimmune condition with Cambo. So that's just what I saw in the training. And then myself, I went through a radical transformation of, one, being even more in my body than I've learned how to be, and just way more calm. I, like, I, I really would say I, I, I have felt like I can actually learn. I'm not saying I do it all the time, but I've learned how to regulate my system. And Cambo has taught me how to regulate my system. I mean, sitting with the medicine day in, day out, meaning you know sometimes you're in the medicine for, gosh, 30, 40 minutes, and then we did an initiation where we did three rounds of medicine back to back to back. That's like a freaking half a day of being in the medicine, it feels like. So you learn how to find peace in the discomfort and pain. And to me, that was my medicine to learn how to regulate myself. And the symptoms that I've still been learning to work with and sit with, have it be... Um, some days my brain will go offline and I have to understand I've had so many damn concussions. It's a miracle that I'm actually still alive. I mean, I was pretty much in a vegetable state for a while. So it just is fascinating. I can still even think the way I think, but I still have days where my brain goes offline. Right? So I've had less of that with Cambo, a lot less of that. Um, I still had some food sensitivities and yeah, I eat pretty much just meat because I love it. I don't do it because I'm trying to be like Paul Saladino or tell people I'm carnivore or anything like that. I eat how I eat because it's what makes me feel the best, right? If I go out, yeah, I'll eat something different. I'll get some veggies or whatever it is I feel like I want to get. But I've had a lot of underlying gut issues that were really deep from taking performance enhancement drugs. When I was really sick, I was probably you know inserting six to eight suppositories a day when I was chronically constipated because I was so desperate to freaking alleviate the pressure in my abdomen because I felt like I was pregnant. So Cambo has helped me heal a lot of these really deep conditions I've had and symptoms that nothing else has been able to touch. And it's not just the peptides, which the peptides are one big part because I've done a lot of peptide therapy, TB500, CJC1295, um, uh, BPC-157. Uh, I've done different peptide therapy, but nothing compares to the peptide profile in Cambo is because you get the peptides and then you have the spirit of Cambo behind it. And so the spirit of Cambo influences the peptide profile and it gives it more, I would say, just more enhancement and more purity than anything. Now, with my clients... And it's wild because I feel like I've been serving it for years, and yet alone I've only been serving Cambo 
pretty much since October, so about two and a half months. But I've served, gosh, probably over 30 people just in the last two and a half months. It's been really busy. So what I'm really seeing, which is the common theme, better energy, better sleep, better mood, um, more present, and a lot more strength. A lot more strength. Have it be in the gym or strength just throughout the day. They're not having that, that crash of energy around, you know, 1, 2, 1, 3 p.m. They just feel way more online. Um, I've worked with people that came to me with a specific ailment, have it be, you know, high blood pressure, have it be uh, a urinary tract infection, have it be they just, you know, are trying to get over COVID. Um, and what I'd recommend, what I recommended for them is we do three sessions and we separate the three sessions about 30 days. And pretty much after the second session, actually, it completely um, balanced and either cleared up the infection or balanced blood pressure. And even to this day, I still am in communication with all my clients I've served and they all are still having the benefits and results of what they had right after the Cambo. So it's been fascinating. It really has been interesting to see how powerful of a medicine Cambo is um, because I feel like I feel like it doesn't get the credit it really deserves. I feel like it does from some people, but also I think there's uh, a portion of people that don't really understand really what cambo does it's not that you're just getting sick and purging there's a lot more to it than that and i feel like if we understand that more we understand that the purging is not necessarily getting sick it's actually us releasing what is no longer serving us not getting sick it's we're releasing we're detoxifying um i don't associate it with being sick myself that's that's a little feel on cambo for me yeah, it's you know I've had people message me like, dude, it's it's poisonous. Like, why why do you think that you you puke and you go to the bathroom and it's like, dude, you haven't you haven't really ever researched this. You're just looking at it from the outside in. You've never experienced it. You've never researched researched it. You don't know how the tribes people have used it for forever and ever. Like, there's so much that goes into it. And I like what you said about the peptides because I've gotten. <clears throat> way more benefits from combo peptides than I ever have, um, injectable, you know, TB 500 or BPC 157, anything like that. And I think there's potentially peptides we haven't even discovered. And then I also think that they work synergistically, right? Like you're using BP, uh, BPC 157. It's just that, but in combo you have all like dozens of peptides and then they're all synergistic. Like you said, there's a spiritual aspect to it as well. And then, you know, obviously you bring in the spirit of combo alongside intention setting and ceremony, and then you get something that's even more powerful than any injectable could ever be because it's, although they're very healing, I think peptides are part of the future of healing for sure. Uh, obviously they're very unconscious. You just pull it, pull it in a syringe, stick it in your stomach, and then you just go about your day. There's no really thought process to it. Um, combo is obviously different. You block a couple hours out and it's crazy. The, the amount of, um, like I had so much, uh, inflammation in my spine. I don't know if you had that when you had Lyme, but like, it was just crazy. And it was even way more, uh, active during the nighttime. Like when I was sleeping, like I would toss and turn and I had crazy spine or pain in my neck and down my back. And I'm like, I don't, I'm seeing a chiropractor. Like I don't really have any alignment issues. It was just clearly just, 
um, inflammation from, you know, the, the Lyme or whatever, you know, I had Babesia, I had Epstein-Barr, I have whatever, whatever they want to put a label on. I had a bunch of shit. And, um, when I would do the combo ceremonies, they would quell it like for, for days and days. Like I would just feel like I had no joint pain, just more energy. The amount of presence you have is even more so than psychedelics, almost in my opinion, like what you feel like being grounded in your body and very present. And it's funny what you said about the cannabis portion, because, uh, we had, you know, I'm actually hosting a retreat this weekend with my wife where we do ecstatic dance and, uh, yoga and intention setting and, uh, manifestations and breath work. And then there's a com- optional combo ceremony on the last day. And there was a girl who smoked a lot. Like, you know, she's like, I just smoke like back to back blunts and I just smoke all day. Like I could never quit it. Well, there's, um, Although people could probably sneak away and smoke, I, th- I don't think they feel called to at the retreat. We don't do alcohol or anything, um, or we don't do psychedelics. We don't do anything. So it's pretty much a sober weekend. So she didn't smoke, you know, all weekend. She might have smoked on the way there or something, but she had went a couple of days without smoking. And then she did the combo ceremony and she could like quit smoking. I think she ended up like picking it back up, but was more conscious with it. But like for months and months and months, she told us that she was like, I just haven't even had the urge to smoke ever since I did combo. So there's definitely something to do with addiction there. And my buddy Todd, do you follow Todd Shipman on Instagram? Um, Modern combo? Mm, yeah, I think I do. Yeah. I, I need to, if, if not, I got to send him to you. He's, he's one of the other, uh, he's the one who got me into combo, big biohacker guy, but got into combo. Um, he, he works with people specifically with addictions and his protocol is awesome. I, in my opinion, I think there's like NAD involved and he has a few doctors on call just in case, but he has people that'll come right off of, um, you know, hard drugs and go right. And he's just doing combo on them. It has them there for like three days to a week. And anytime they have the urge to do anything and they'll basically just do combo and they'll get rid of the urge to do the heroin or whatever the drug that they're on. And I think he even has like, I think he told me some bizarre, like Lila quantum or some, some frequency card that'll be in the frequency of the drug that they like so that they have that frequency with them. So they feel safer. I mean, he's got some crazy protocols going on. I I love Todd. Cool dude. Definitely one of my mentors. And, um, I just think that is it's it goes back to that physical piece, right? Where where combo is doing the physical healing, the parasites, the candidas, the molds. We are just bombarded on the physical front, you know. It's not as easy as it was decades ago to just do the spiritual healing and the emotional piece and be good. So I think combo is being inserted as that I I don't know how long we'll be able to use it as it grows in popularity. It's clearly a secretion from a frog. And I've heard different, you mean Caitlin spoke about it on my podcast when I asked her about the sustainability. And she she basically spoke about how she she thought it used to be all good, but now that it's gaining popularity, there are specific certain tribes who are over harvesting, harming frogs. So I don't know. We're going to have to kind of, at least from my end, I think, keep our fingers on the pulse of that and, and and try to get it sourced better and things like that. Because I don't know, you know, there's just definitely not enough for everybody in the world to heal everything when it comes to combo. So sustainability is my only issue with that. But for now, I think we're doing pretty good with that, with that aspect. And I think it's very healing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, another thing that is really important with combo is application where you're actually applying the gates and the intention that you actually have into 
applying the gates where you're putting them. You know, you can, you know, let's say somebody comes in with, uh, you know, um, a lot of grief, you know, and then you do points on maybe their back, their spine. Well, that may not be effective as actually doing points maybe on their lung channel or maybe doing liver points because the grief may be coming from suppressed anger, you know, so where you apply the gates, I feel like is a really big part, not everything, but it's a really big part of the effectiveness of treating the thing that actually needs to get treated. I mean, I've had auricular applications done to my ears and what that did for my brain was beyond what any other application from neck down did for me, right? So one, just to mention that the application with Cambo, I think determines really the effectiveness of resolving the issue that needs to get resolved. Wow. See, I always go back and forth on that because there's like a argument that a lot of practitioners say, hey, it just, you know, it inserts into the lymphatic system and then the peptides go wherever they need to go. And then there's um, other, you know, obviously in training, we learn different meridian points. And I usually do stick to just general treatments, but it's cool to know that maybe there is some some kind of uh, awareness around where the dots are placed and how that may uh, change the actual ceremony itself. Yeah, you know, and this is something that is beautiful about having like a beautiful discussion like this is, you know, uh, agreeing to disagree, but seeing the beauty in both, right? Right. So I also think that someone like yourself, and you would be one person that I'd feel safe receiving medicine from you. And if you did what you normally do, where you don't, you know, get specific with application, I would trust that from you. And I would trust that it would go where it needs to go, right? So I think a lot of it depends on the practitioner. But for myself, what works good for just me and how I work and the structure I do is being specific with application, but also seeing that there's beauty to just letting it be spontaneous and letting it go where it needs to go. Either way, it goes where it needs to go. But I do just feel like if you apply it on a certain area, because I look at each gate as kind of being like, like uh, it, it's sacred. Each gate is something mm -hmm. sacred, right? So if you have the sacredness of the gates in your arm is going to be different than if you have the sacredness of the gates in your ear on your spine so i feel like just the dots itself the gates i feel like that itself can be healing for that area or that meridian that you're working with yeah i mean i actually did do a chakra point wondering um during uh training where i had them all like on my heart chakra and i i did feel pretty open i mean I, you always feel a little bit more open from doing any kind of medicine ceremony but I think it was kind of effective at the specific heart chakra that we were working with. So there's definitely probably something to it. But I think maybe also me, I haven't studied acupressure points or acupuncture points enough to be like, I would basically have to go back to my manual, kind of find it. So it's just maybe another area where I would have to do some relearning on where to actually um, put the points if someone really was trying to work with something like that. But I'll do... Um, chakra points if someone wants to and that's really what they're trying to work on it's not really that the chakras are easy but going off there's a lot of other points we learned in training and then also the ears i did i had there was a point where i had dots everywhere and a couple of them were in my ears and i was like my brain was like and i still had a bunch of lime and stuff then because when i went through training i didn't have my lime diagnosis yet i just knew that combo was helping me 
And so I was like, well, instead of um, paying this guy to drive from Orlando to Tampa, 250 bucks or whatever, every time, why don't I just go learn how to do it? And I just do it to myself. So I flew out to California and went to training and it was great. And, you know, now I serve and I didn't even serve anybody besides my wife and myself for the first year because I, I didn't feel back to what you're saying. The energy of the facilitator and feeling comfortable is a big piece. And I was so sick that I didn't feel like I could really be present with the, with someone else. So I didn't want to charge people and have them over when I had severe brain fog and was feeling awful because I felt like that was a disconnect, right? Like how could I really serve this medicine? And I'm not really even in bot. I'm feel disconnected in my own body. So it took a while of, of uh, healing and everything before I began doing the groups and even haven't really even promoting myself at all really with the combo. But I know a lot of people, um, they don't take ceremony as seriously maybe as you and I. There's a lot of people out here where people can get hurt. And, you know, I've heard crazy stories of uh, one of my friends was she was in an ayahuasca ceremony and a guy kind of freaked out and he grabbed like a statue thing off of the off the TV stand or whatever was there and hit her in the head with it. Like he thought she was like a demon or something crazy and they had to like call the ambulance and, you know, that's that's not the type of container that you want to be in. And, and she's pretty self-aware. And I think maybe that just was a one-off situation, but you know, things like that can go wrong where you're interacting with entities and things of other dimensions and, you know, someone can freak out. And if the facilitator isn't prepared to handle that situation, then things can go awry. I actually had my, um, uh, my first client on combo, which I learned in training, they can pass out. I don't know if you've had dealt with this yet, but it's, it's, it's a thing. It's not, no one's ever died from it. It's just kind of like a reaction to combo. And, you know, my wife was, you know, being my co-facilitator cause she's a great helper and a yogi and all that. And she, she freaked out. She <laughs> wiped the points out. She was like, do we need to call the ambulance? I'm like, yo, calm down. Yeah. I had to be the, I had to be the anchor. Cause I'm like, listen, this can happen. She's going to be fine. She's breathing. And she popped out of it and she said that she was having like a DMT style experience, like dream, dream world. She, she was loving it. She, she, was, she didn't feel bad at all. She actually put some more dots on after she woke up because my wife had, had wiped hers off. So it was all good. But if you're not with an experienced practitioner and someone who knows what, what's going on, you know, things can happen like that. And it's not just like, oh, let's go do this medicine with whomever, some, some guy in the, in the basement around the corner. Like you should really do some research on who you're working with. What's the intention behind it? What's the container like? You know, what the medicine is, you know, you don't want to over research. I think sometimes you might um, get yourself into a box of what you think the experience might be. And that can maybe taint your your experience because you want it to be the same way as some other guy who, who explained what their experience was like. So I think sometimes there's, if you over research or if you're not a person who can disconnect from someone else's experience, you might have a separate experience that doesn't look like that one. And that might not be, you know, good for you, but the medicine's always going to show you what it needs to show you in particular and not what some other guy or some other girl got out of their experience. So yeah, I'm glad we touched on combo. I, I really love it. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, went through Caitlin. She's great. I had her on the show. I did her, um, I did her advanced training for Lyme and autoimmune, which really helped too, because, and I wish someone would have knew how to give me binders or do less dots and things like that when I was really sick. But I also didn't know I had Lyme. I just knew that I didn't feel good. So I just told the guy I kind of had fatigue and stuff like that. So, but if people do know their diagnosis or whatever label, um, your, your person wants to put on your, 
um, series of symptoms, you know, which we all got some. Um, but yeah, working with those clients, you can do less dots, you can use binders, liver support, and acetylcysteine, things like that. So I wish someone would have knew that when, uh, when I was going through my journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like the practitioner is like the soil and a plant can only be as healthy as the soil that is growing. Right. So the practitioner, the facilitator, I don't really like using the word shaman since that word gets <laughs> tossed around just like the word God and love does. So medicine facilitator, they're the soil, and then the medicine is the plant, so to speak, which actually the medicine is a plant if you're working with plant medicine. So that's why finding a practitioner that you can resonate with and 100% trust is number one because it's not going to be nearly what it has the potential to be for you if you're working with someone that's standing in front of the medicine or they haven't been able to clear themselves, empty the bone, so to speak, and they're actually projecting their own shit onto you. And that itself is not going to be a harmonious, safe container to do healing in. Um, so I think trust is number one when it comes to doing medicine work with a facilitator, you know, and then finding someone that can be authentic, really authentic. Um, and that's hard right now. I think finding anyone with authenticity is, is not an easy task, but I think it's what is necessary because if, it, if it's too easy to find that, then um, people are going to be doing really too much medicine that. I don't think would be conducive for their healing right now. Yeah. The authenticity is weird. I, I think even it's the looking for something to gain or what they can get out of situations has even infiltrated the, uh, plant medicine and the spiritual community, right? Too many people, um, they, they do a medicine and, but they're still in their kind of narcissistic kind of like egoic mind, although they're trying to portray it in a way that's not because they've had some of these experiences, right? And they um, almost can remind you of some of these cult like leaders you'll see the documentaries on, right? Where they, they act like they've embodied the medicine and done the work. And some, a lot of them are maybe intelligent and then they can, they can prey on people. You can, you can get taken advantage of by your facilitator or by someone that you look up to as your, your kind of guru or your yoga instructor or the, the person who owns your yoga studio or whatever, because they seem intelligent. They've done medicines, they've done work, but then they still have some form of shadow work that's, you know, or some kind of evil deity within their, within their soul that, that, um, is kind of allowing them to still take advantage of people and deceive people and work with people, although they haven't really fully done the work themselves. So you got to really get prepared before you go into certain ceremonies. Cause you know, you're, you're, you're really playing around in different realms and you don't want to be in one realm and the other while also having a facilitator who may have some kind of ulterior motive or some, you know, demonic force within themselves. Definitely. Something that I do want to get into is, is relationship. You know, you and I being in a relationship and navigating a lot of the challenges that we've had, you know, related to health. And I think you and I, from having a lot of deep experience in relationship, being sick and compromised, just reflecting that to one another can be very insightful, very insightful for a lot of other people. Um, so I would love... You know, if you can kind of just, you know, highlight how has your experiences in relationship been navigating what you're navigating and how important it is to find a partner that can have the empathy and compassion to hold and support you when you're not feeling well, where they're not thinking that you're just making the shit up and it's in your damn mind. 
Well, uh, that's uh, tough. It was definitely a journey because in the beginning, when you say you're not feeling that well and you're just going to see a doctor, like, you know, they're, they're most likely thinking, you know, you're going to get some herbs or you're going to get whatever, you know, you're going to get some blood work done and things are going to be cool in a couple months or whatever, you know? And, um, I think honestly, thankfully I, my wife and I are, are definitely interconnected on a soul level. We used to have this weird kind of connection, even in college, even when we never dated, right? Like she had a boyfriend, I was single, but she's just like this weird, like it was almost like we were together in a different life or something. So I think there's something deeper connected there between us, but you know, it was, it was difficult. There were moments when we, I thought we were literally going to break up. There were moments when I told her like, Hey, this doesn't look like it's getting any better. Like you, you can leave. I get it. Like, no, no, I will have no resentment, nothing bad to say about you. But if you don't want to keep dealing with this, you know, even, even that was even when we were married, a lot of people don't know this. Like even after being married, I was, I was super sick when we got married. I look great in the photos. I'm lined up, you know, whatever. I'm eating a carnivore diet. I'm kind of thin, you know, I'm looked good in the suit, but inside I was broken. And there were moments even after we got married where I was like, you know, you can leave and, you know, by the grace of God. And I think probably a lot of her, you know, yogi learnings and being a yoga teacher and having that kind of community and her having... I don't know. She just, she, I think she seen something in me that she knew that if I got over whatever I was dealing with, I would be the man that she wanted and, and, and could provide for her. And, you know, I'm still not even all the way there, but I'm trying to be a little bit better each day. And they're tough there because when you are in that kind of chronic flight or fight or flight state, you're literally, you feel like you're in the middle of a war zone. Like you feel like all, everything's crashing down on you and you're just trying to figure out how you're going to get shit done that day. Like you can't think about future plans and make plans. All you most, a lot of times you get stuck in these loops of thinking about the past. I think a lot of these toxicities, they start to bring up, you know, old, you know, you want to blame the world or blame, you know, your parents. And it's like, there's really no one to blame. It's a, that's a victim mentality. You have to breathe through that. You have to realize that you are in control of this ship and you got to figure out how to get this ship back on track. You've, you've, you've went awry, you've went the wrong way. And now we're going to sail back, back on track. And so I think she, she seen the work I was doing, you know, she seen me spend 20,000 on Lyme treatments. She's seen me trying. So I think that helped. Like she knew I was giving it my all. And, you know, but it was hard. We had those hard conversations about leaving and this and that, and maybe some of the psychedelic ceremonies she had and, you know, the yoga work, um, really helped her not look at the situation as bad as it was maybe. And, and, you know, it was tough and, you know, I, I don't really know what to say. I just, I always like, I started praying to God. I hope, you know, hope she doesn't leave. I can, I'll, I'll be the man she wants when, when I get better and, it's not tough. I think, um, probably I would, I think Dr. Pompo is a big chronic illness doctor. He said there's like, you know, over 90% of relationships don't work in a chronic illness because they just don't understand it. And they take years to fix it. They don't even just take years to fix. They take years to figure out what you actually have wrong. Usually it takes you two to three years from jumping to doctors, unless you miraculously find the right person. 
And then it takes you another two years to balance out the body when you've become in that state. So that's why I try to preach to people, if you have a little bit of gut dysfunction or you have a little bit of brain fog, those are warning signs. Take some action now. You don't want to get to the position where I was, where you're lost. You can't remember anything. I would drop things. I would break things. I would forget everything. I still have... um, moments where I kind of forget something that I just read or just heard and I have to like replay it. And that's because I'm still detoxing my brain at the moment. So that, that makes sense, but it is there and it's a lot less than it used to be, but they're, they're challenging. I don't think you should hold any resentment or hate in your heart. If someone does leave, it's, they don't understand it. They've never been through it. They're not going through it. It's not going to make it any easier if you've been with someone a long time and they leave, but you just have to really embody that, you know, learn from that. And it's, you know, like I said, it's really hard to even express your emotions back to that war zone. Like when you're in a, we'll take minerals for when you're in a calcium shell, which a lot of people are in when they're in a stressful pattern, you basically are blocked off from your emotions. Your body has created this calcium shell to try to save you from the world. And it's not really the world. It's kind of your internal system as well, because it's went haywire where a lot of times for me, even if I was feeling something, it was difficult for me to express it because I just felt so fatigued that all I wanted to do was just lay around and some, a lot of times watch mindless TV or scroll on social media because I just didn't feel like doing much. And Definitely didn't feel like having a heartfelt conversation that felt tough. And, you know, I would have them when the time was needed and we would. But um, definitely those are tough waters to navigate. And I think you got to reach deep down inside of you and not have any resentment if, if they do leave and and realize that that's a, that's a very tough task, you know, because I used to be outgoing and we would travel and we would party and we'd go to festivals and I was very social. And then I just became this like hermit. I just like was hibernated. I didn't want, I wanted to be blocked off from the world because when I went out into the world, I couldn't be myself. I had to fake like I felt okay and that everything was just fine and that I didn't have brain fog and I didn't have fatigue. And you know, that wasn't reality. The reality was I felt broken. And I felt depressed and I felt, you know, my energy was low. I couldn't really experience a night out with friends or a dinner or anything without thinking about all those things. Like, well, what if I eat something wrong or what if I have two drinks and, you know, I feel awful for three days? Like everything, those thoughts are just like surrounding you and you just can't even experience the way like people, like you said earlier, people take for granted just going to hang out with people, eating whatever they want, having four cocktails, five cocktails, and just waking up and feeling normal the next day. That's not the reality when you get chronically ill. And so they can't understand it. No one besides you who's been through it can really understand it or someone like yourself who's been through it. So they're challenging. Why don't you tell us like what happened within your relationships and how, how you were trying to navigate that on your end? Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been very challenging at the same time, very enlightening for me. One understanding really what relationship is, um, you know, and kind of to synthesize how I would define relationship relationship is nothing but learning how to actually relate at a deeper level with yourself and acknowledging the parts of yourself that you've been unconscious of through that relationship in which you learn to have more love for yourself. That's pretty much like the main thing and why we have relationship is to discover who we are through relating with that other person 
that we have an attraction with physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. Um, the hardest thing in the relationship that I was in is her not really ever having to be sick, like chronically sick. And, you know, when someone's not had, again, I don't even like saying the word disease, but when someone has not had, you know, Lyme or they haven't had, you know, uh, the sensitivity to the exposure of mold that they're having in their living environment or elsewhere, it's very hard to empathize with people that can be reacting to the same living environment that you're living in and you're not feeling any of the symptoms they're feeling. Therefore, you can think it's all in their head, right? So that was the hardest thing in the relationship I was in is I wasn't having the empathy that I really needed in the relationship to feel safe and held. So that kind of created another trauma on top of what I was dealing with the, with the environment, what I was dealing with, with brain fog and just feeling completely out of it. So I've just learned from my own experiences how, and I'm not in that relationship anymore. And for many reasons, it's not just, you know, the mold and lime that was definitely a catalyst for many other things that created challenge in the relationship. But what I've learned now being in a new relationship is how important it is to really find someone that can really empathize, really empathize what you've gone through and or what you're currently going through. So when you're having a day of feeling off, you don't have to ask to be held. And when I say held, I'm not talking about physically held and maybe physically held, but energetically held. You know, not like a mother's holding you, but just having love, which we're each an expression of love, having love hold you. And I, for once, have had that sort of reciprocation when I have a day of feeling off and she's already energetically holding me because she knows it. She can intuitively feel I'm off. So it's nice because that itself actually is allowing me to heal at a deeper level is having someone empathize with me. So... That's been the biggest thing I've been able to realize is how important it is that someone empathize. And it's hard to have someone empathize if they haven't been really sick themselves or they don't have any really awareness of what, you know, mycotoxins actually do to the brain and the body, you know, or what Lyme does to the body and the mind too. You know, I mean, a good part of the relationship I was in, I was very suicidal, right? So... But understanding that that suicidal tendency I was having was not really Jason at his core. It was really the lime fucking with my brain and the mold screwing around with my damn brain too. It was that that was creating all this. And I know it right now is because anytime I enter an environment that has higher levels of mold than my body can handle, my mind goes right to a dark place. I start thinking, you know what, if right now I was to drive and hit a tree, I wouldn't care. Right now, if my life was to end, I wouldn't care. I can feel that within 30 to 60 minutes of entering an environment that I know is too high of a level of mold exposure for my body to handle. So now I can see the contrast of really what my body feels like when I am in an environment that's not conducive for my healing compared to being in an environment that is conducive for my healing. So. I just know I never made this shit up that, hey, I really am suicidal because I have Lyme and because I have mold. I'm not using it as an excuse, even though it can sound like one. Yeah, I have trauma. 
definitely. But how I'm perceiving the trauma is so more intense and amplified because I have this molten lime going on, you know? So it's hard to have that, that compassion and understanding previously in relationship and now having in relationship because she too has gone through a very similar journey as what I've gone through. So there's this deep related, right? So what I can say is most of the problems I see in relationship and I don't do a lot of relationship counseling. I would say maybe 40% of my practice is, you know, working with couples. Most of it is actually really coming from their living environment. I mean, it's so common to have higher levels of, you know, mold in an environment that is really affecting your health. Have it be the woman has headaches and she has, you know, allergies and the man feels fine, but yet he can you know, be anxious, but he doesn't think the anxiety is a result of the mold, but the environment is actually creating their conflict in relationship. I've seen it so many times, right? And I've seen the difference and it's hard to do, but I've been able to get two couples, separate couples out of their living environment into a new environment as an experiment to see if it resolved their problems they were having in relationship. Both of them did that and it changed completely how they were in relationship so it goes to show you it can be really hard to heal trauma in relationship it can be heal hard to heal things that are um causing conflict in relationship when our environment is not conducive for our healing and for our individual and for our relationship health so i like saying healing is roughly about 60 to 70 percent environment for some people it may be 90 percent other people, it may only be 60-70%. And then the remaining part is healing you individually. And this is, I'm sure, how we relate. If you're still living in mold and you're very sick and you're taking all the right binders, supplements, doing cambo, um, sauna, cold plunging, breath work, rebounding, all this stuff, you can't, you can't out-supplement yourself out of a poor living environment. You can't out-rebound yourself. You can't, you know... You can't biohack yourself out of being in an environment that's not healthy and healing for you, right? Yeah, I agree. I was actually just going to ask, like, did you have a conversation with your um, new partner about <clears throat> how you feel from day to day and stuff like that? But seems like if she's already went through something, then um, that probably helps, obviously. I think towards the end, like, I got hit by the mold within like a month of living in this place that we moved in. Right. I, I had already had probably too many hidden infections. I was too out of balance. We were both vegan at the time that didn't help. Um, so back to that, back to that whole thing. Um, so trying that out for a while and, you know, being vegan and living in mold are the, are the two worst things you could probably do. Your, your detox pathways aren't working, you're nutrient deficient, then you're in the mold. I mean, I was fucked, but, um, towards the end of living there, then she started, it took her longer, right? Um, and when it really hit, I think for her was, because she was more out of the house all the time than I was. I was more like working from home and doing things like that. So I was in the mold more. And I think I was just sicker in general. But she started to have a lot of the brain fog and stuff, like kind of after COVID, because I think we, cause we were in the house all day. And so she started to have like these weird symptoms and she like her arms were feeling weird and she was having some chest things. So she was like really like starting to get anxious about her. She had breast implants at the time. She's got those removed. But like um, 
So I think her having in the ending up later with some of the brain fog issues from the mold, from the breast implants causing the, um, you know, a lot of inflammation and, you know, clogging up the detox pathways. Had she not, yeah, she didn't get rocked like I did. She was still able to mostly function, but she still has done a lot of work on herself to get rid of a lot of that um, mineral balancing and other protocols before that, you know. So I think that shifted maybe her mindset. She was a little bit more empathetic because she had kind of felt a little bit like, yo, I'm feeling kind of crazy. I feel anxious. I feel like I can't breathe. I got to get these breast implants out. So um, she's definitely done a lot of work. We both got all of our cavitations removed, which is expensive, but that I think is a hidden, hidden problem that almost no, oh, everyone's overlooking, even though like 90% of the population has cavitations if they've had their wisdom teeth or, or a different tooth removed. It's a big issue. But, um, so we've done a lot of work and she's now, you know, and the mineral balancing really helped. I think I, she, she balanced out a lot easier than I did because I had a lot more heavy metals and stuff, but Mineral balancing together as a couple does something that is hard to describe because the when you both balance out, it not only balances your emotions and then you just have more empathy. Empathy, you know, to have empathy, it takes energy. To have energy, you need to have your enzyme systems and your hormones working correctly. Your hormonal profile is kind of how you view the world. So you can see that a lot of times in the media and things, they try to, you know, portray masculinity and testosterone as one and the same. When I think a lot of this toxic masculinity actually is a result of pretty low hormone profile, probably low testosterone, right? When you have low testosterone, you're angry at the world, you, you know, you're, you're have more rage when you actually have higher hormone pro profile, you have optimized testosterone, then you're more calm. You're trying to provide more for the family. You're more protective. Yes. You're more willing to go out and do things. You're a little bit less fearless, which they don't like, by the way. Um, they don't like when you act like that. That's why there's a, you know, in my opinion, there's a lot of this stuff's planned and attacked. You can just see it within the food system and the water system that they want us to be toxic and they want us to be fucked up. But, you know, so mineral balancing as a couple and, you know, even getting the feminine hormones in check, you know, copper and the zinc, you know, you want to, everything happens. And as you balance those systems out, you'll be more tapped into both sides, your masculine and your feminine. You'll have the energy to be empathetic, to be able to express yourself. So there's really something to be said, in my opinion, about couples um, mineral balancing together. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've had experience of that um, myself. And yeah, I, I, it's interesting because I'm sure you've been able to relate to this too, is when you understand the mineral kingdom um, at a very deep level, your whole perception of how you perceive the world completely changes. You know, so it's like when you see two people <laughs> arguing or disagreeing over something, you can actually look at it from a mineral level and see what's happening in their different patterns, which is creating them to have the conflict. Um, I think remineralization re is really probably one of the most important things you can do aside from making sure the environment is conducive for your healing and your health. Mineral balancing, remineralization being really the most important thing you can do for your relationship by far. I, I don't think therapy and counseling can really access what remineralization can actually access. Um, 
that itself I would love to see um, becoming more common and, and having more awareness around that instead of spending thousands of dollars going to counseling, talking about the same shit and not really getting much of a result when you really don't even have to be talking about it and just go through the remineralization process and then you'll relate completely different with one another. I agree. I wanted to dig into you, with you about minerals. Um, I don't think you use the same products and stuff that I do. What does your um, remineralization process look like? Like, what what products are you using? Like, you're, I know you're using HTMA, which I love, but um, kind of explain to us how you're remineralizing and what products you use and stuff. Yeah. So the way I do remineralization is definitely different and unique, and I've kind of I've studied a lot of different you know, sources and I've loved them all. I would say, you know, I've had a background in minerals for probably close to a decade, really before mineral balancing became what it is now or more aware of what it is now. I mean, it's been around for years. Um, but with studying medical Qigong um, and Taoist mysticism and studying really the mineral kingdom, studying a lot of Rudolf Steiner's work and he, talks a lot about the mineral kingdom. I've just had a lot of awareness around minerals, but I've never had the connection with really how minerals are at the hierarchy and they're the main system in which is influencing everything else. So I look at like the enzymatic system, the hormonal system as being slaves to the mineral system. I've never been able to put it together in that way until actually I ran across a profile on Instagram, he goes by mineral shaman, and then he started making these connections of like ayahuasca depleting your mineral kingdom, um, psilocybin depleting your mineral kingdom, and stuff like that. And it's like all these things went off in my head, and I started being like, oh, wow. I mean, that's why I've studied all this stuff with Taoist mysticism is so I can apply it to now, you know, the human body in a different way. So then I started, you know, getting into like RCP, the root cause protocol. Went through that and personally realized that that is nothing but bullshit. Um, <laughs> not, not I was this close to taking that taking that course. I'm glad I didn't pull the trigger. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, got into Dr. Paul X's work, got into Wilson's work, um, you know, studied a lot of books on minerals and started kind of just taking bits and pieces. Uh, I think Dr. Paul X's work out of everyone I've studied is probably the best. I, I resonate with just about everything that he says close to the T actually. I mean, I've swayed away from some things and then I sway back to it because I end up, you know, realizing that no, actually that is right. You know? So <laughs> I, I, when I, when I interpret an HTMA test, I am seeing it through the majority of kind of his lens, you know, looking at the ratios and stuff. Um, and then how I do things differently is I do a form of in-person and then remote testing with my clients where I use biogeometry. And biogeometry is, you know, it's hard to kind of synthesize and explain what it is, but it's pretty much working with like, it's working with universal energy and the energy field of the individual and introducing things into their energy field that are either strengthening them, neutralizing or weakening them. That's how I introduce, you know, supplements, herbs, and vitamins and seeing what's going to be strengthening their field, not weakening their field. So pretty much how a regimen looks is I do things in different phases. I'll normally have about four to six phases and each phase is about two to four months. 
Phase number one always is foundation. Creating foundation, supporting the systems that have been stressed to where they have enough energy to be investing and actually really healing. So sometimes that can be four to five months for one person. Other clients, it may be two months. So the foundation looks like using different herbs. And the herbs that I use are through Supreme Nutrition. So it can be American ginseng. It can be Tulsi. It can be ashwagandha. It can be golden thread. It can be astragalus. And so I, I use herbs instead of just minerals. I'll use herbs to where they have an adaptogenic and um, modulating effect on the immune system and all the other systems in the body. Um, and I also, of course, you know, if I see patterns that are standing out to me that are very significant and like a big red flag um, on the HTMA test, then I make sure I address that simultaneously with, you know, putting herbs in their regimen. And then once they've been on phase one for however long they need to be, at, be on it for, then I start getting into what I call more of the specificity phase. And the specificity phase is more so targeting the fungal and parasite infections where we can really take that significant stressor out of their system and change the terrain. And then I'll get into the next phase after that where we're starting to really work on remineralization. So pretty much phase three and so on is strictly mineral balancing remineralization where that is pretty much simultaneously, as you understand, it's simultaneously doing everything. It's addressing heavy metals, it's addressing fungal and parasite infections, it's addressing Lyme, mold, everything. And I don't have any question whether it does that or not because I know you've seen it yourself too, and so have I. You know, So I've been able to eliminate parasites um, still, even after just doing herbs, but just through minerals, I've been able to eliminate parasites just through minerals alone. But I take a little bit of a different approach where I start them off on a foundation through more herbal supplements, and then I start getting into the minerals more because the minerals are so damn powerful that sometimes it can be too much for their system at the very beginning. So that's what's worked best for me. If it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. Um, and so then how do I find out what supplements to use? It changes for every single client since... You know, client A will have different supplements that are going to be strengthening them, strengthening them than client B. So, of course, there's supplements that I've seen that have a good result for the majority of my clients. And generally, those are supplements I'll recommend to people that are friends or family or someone that can't afford to work with me. I'll give them recommendations based off of what I see work the best for people. But at the end of the day, I really don't know what's going to work for you until I test you. And then I use the HTMA as a blueprint for me to know what definitely not to do. And then it gives me an idea for what supplements and herbs to kind of select and put together. As I have over probably 140 different vitamins and supplement um, formulas here at my house. So, I mean, obviously I'm not going to be testing them for everything. So I kind of pick the ones out that I think are going to be the most conducive for what the HTMA report is re is reflecting to me. Um, and that's what I've done for myself, too. So um, I definitely wouldn't be confident in doing that since it's different if it didn't work for me. And I've been doing it that way for about three, just about three years now, exactly as I've shared. 
And yeah, the results have been amazing. They have been. And I do retesting. So I, I like retesting with my clients every three months. Some clients may only retest every six months, but if it's six months, that's fine. But with the three months, it's nice being able to back, the, back things up and having something kind of objective, you know, and seeing the differences. And that's one thing that I know you really understand is just because you do a retest and you have, you know, now a very high, you know, heavy metal profile of, let's say now cadmium is now, you know, at like 4.0 when before it was like at, you know, 0.06, looking that at, looking at that as a good thing, not a bad thing. Now you're opening, opening up the detox pathways and now your body's releasing that heavy metal. Um, so the retesting has been fun to see what I have been doing has actually not just been working with them feeling better, but it's been working with seeing the differences in the progress with the retest HTMA reports. Yeah, the retest is everything. I know some practitioners, they just do like one test and then give you a protocol. And it's like, well, if that protocol was effective, at some point they would start feeling terrible. Because when the when the patterns shift, specifically what, the one that I notice mostly is the um, sodium to potassium ratio. Like if mine flips, say... Like I, this just happened to me before I got my results. Actually, I was taking zinc and then my sodium potassium ratio went under the 2.5 to where I needed to be on a different supplement that will help raise the sodium potassium ratio. Um, taking zinc when you have a low sodium potassium ratio make you feel worse. And there was a couple of weeks and it's hard to, to, cause you know, you have detox symptoms on the protocol as well. So like, is it detox? It did my, did my pattern shift? So there's no way to really know unless you do with the retest. And then I did the retest and I goes up, oh, there it is. I got the, my, my sodium potassium ratio flipped and now I need a different supplement. And then as soon as like within days of taking, um, switching over to a zinc to copper manganese supplement, which helps raise sodium to potassium ratio, I felt back normal. So, and that's happened a couple times on my protocol where the, the, the potas sodium potassium ratio for sure, I can always tell, but then there's just other ratios where you need different nutrients as far as a slow oxidizer to a fast oxidizer and you need to switch your diet potentially. And that's why I love the, the, the diet war is funny because if someone's a fast oxidizer based on their chart, well, then I'm going to recommend them a lower carbohydrate and more fat in their diet. And then slow oxidizers, I don't think they should just be eating sugar all day, but they do need a little bit more carbohydrates for energy and a little bit less fat. So it's funny how everybody's like, oh, keto's the best diet. I would love to, you know, do hair tests on some of these big keto guys. And, and I would almost willing to bet that they're doing they're in a fast oxidation state and I, I, that would make total sense for them. And then the other people do keto and they feel sluggish and they feel off. And I would most likely guarantee they're probably more of, of a slow oxidizer. So it'd be interesting to do a little research like that, but it makes, I mean, and that's why everything doesn't fit for everybody, but I would love to put you on a protocol. I, I, when's the last time you did a hair test? I would love to analyze yours and show you what I would put you on and see how different it is. Yeah. So the last year I've been, you know, not, not as, you know, investing my energy and time into doing HTMA testing for myself from 2000, pretty much from 2000 to 2022-ish, um, I did a lot of experimenting myself. So I would test before doing medicine because I probably in 2020 and 2021, I probably did a total of over, I would say over 100 ceremonies, a lot. Wow. So I tested before. And then I would test after. And obviously I'd test, let's say, 
two weeks before, and then I would test about one month after doing a medicine ceremony. So I had before and after. So again, I don't have anything to like scientifically back it up, but I did see how much the medicine I was working with at that time, how much it was really affecting my mineral body. You know, so I use that information to share instead of just being like, well, it makes sense, but actually seeing it objectively, the differences of before and after doing medicine, um, that itself has showed me that, yeah, when we do medicine, it definitely, definitely impacts our mineral body. Um, but since I do a lot of my testing using biogeometry now, and I know where I'm at related to the mineral, you know, um, uh, pattern I'd be in or am in, I haven't been doing HTMA, HTMA testing myself, but I'd be more than happy to, um, you know, uh, work with you and receive a protocol from you and give you my feedback because I'm always open, open to learning something new and different. Yeah. Especially since we've, uh, we've updated these, uh, supplements that we've came out with. They're, they're, they're really effective, better than what, um, we've been using in the traditional protocol. So would be cool. Do you, do you do, um, what do you do? Trace elements or do you ARL lab? What do you, where do you get your hair test from? Trace elements. Yeah, that, that works. I'm just, as long as it's trace elements, because they, um, they don't wash the hair, which is a big thing. People don't realize that, you know, your sodium potassium is going to be way off if they wash the hair of, they, they, they say they wash it of impurity, but it's like, all right, you also wash out all the water soluble elements within the hair. And now you have a, a reading that's, you know, no, it makes no sense to do that. But trace elements and ARL are the only two labs that I'm aware of that don't wash the hair. So I'd be able to give you a cool reading from that. I would, I would love to put you on a protocol and see if that changes if stuff if things change for you and, and the way we do it because i think it's it's a little unique compared to a lot of hdma people yours is definitely unique and sounds like you studied dr paul x so could, there could be um a lot of overlapping similarities there but um i don't know i think the hdma space gets a bad rep because of a lot of the replacement theory and just, you know, when zinc is low, it doesn't just mean zinc's low. Yeah, it could be, but then it could lower on a test because it's replacing a metal or it could, you know, things shift back into your old mineral patterns along the way to healing. So you have to be able to, you have to know how to reinterpret or interpret the retest to show that, okay, yeah, they look a little bit worse, but the person feels a little bit better. Well, okay, let's kind of go off how they're feeling. And then the protocol still is going to go based off the new patterns and the new ratios and everything but um a lot of people just look at like you know i i know a, a girl who um yeah, uh took a htma and the guy just told her to eat more liver i'm like why well, I, I don't think that's really a mineral balancing kind of protocol i think you just wasted your money on a, on a hair test and then um, this was before I was a practitioner and I had my practitioner analyze it for her and he, he, the, the protocol was a lot different and it was just funny, you know, same thing with like, they'll tell you not to take calcium when you have a high calcium. Well, that's not really what, that's not what's going on. Your body's created a calcium shell and there is excess and yeah, K2 does make a difference there, but you still need calcium balance out the magnesium. You don't just take the magnesium because now you're causing an imbalance the other way. So a calcium magnesium supplement is basically always recommended on the protocol because it's going to help the adrenals. It's going to help you calm down. It's, it's just basically needed. And then we'll work on the sodium and potassium ratio, which a lot of people don't know. When the sodium potassium ratio is as close to ideal as possible, then you're going to have magnesium and calcium in ionized form. 
you know, what, what is calcium? It's hard, right? And so if your sodium potassium ratio is way off, then it's not even getting into the cell because it's not in that ionic form. So that's basically it. Well, like, you know, analogy is kind of like hard water, right? You put water softener into your hard water. Well, the, what's hard is like the calcium and stuff that's within that water. And you put like a sodium potassium mixture in there so that your water system works correctly. No different in the body. We're trying to get that sodium potassium ratio as near to ideal as possible because that's your vitality ratio, but it also helps cellular function in your, in your body be able to absorb the minerals in the right capacity. And then that will just, you know, the calcium in mine has went up and down over time. Sometimes you're releasing excess calcium because you're balancing out. And then sometimes it's lowering down. Mine's almost down into like the normal range. It's just a little high now. And that's just, and I've taken calcium the whole time. It's just fluctuated because it's going through retracing patterns, old, old healing patterns, and then also releasing some of that excess calcium that was built up due to the sodium potassium ratio being so off for so long so i think the hma space is being revamped a little bit there's a lot of good people um getting behind mineral balancing and understanding how to do it the right way but for a long time it was more so kind of that replacement theory when that's not really you know you're got to look at the whole mineral system at once and kind of my buddy clark likes to call it reverse engineer the entire thing at once and watch it balance out and then you retest and you switch the protocol. Like my protocol switches like every two months. You know, if I've done a few where I've done it after a month and I didn't see that crazy of changes, but for sure every two months I'm on like basically a completely different protocol. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And that's what makes total sense for me. Because like once, once that all clicked, you know, I started like, it seemed like when I got into the HTMA world, like everything I had researched kind of clicked. The calcification, the adrenal fatigue, the gut dysfunction, the parasites, like everything was like all wrapped around this mineral system and just basically bringing the body back into balance. And then also it makes sense that you're not just on this one protocol forever. That's kind of like why I like a little bit of muscle testing. And I haven't done that since I've had Lyme, but you know, my Lyme protocol changed over time because my doctor was really big into muscle testing. So the herbs would change, the protocol would change. And I liked that. And the same thing in mineral balancing as everything changes, then we're going to change the protocol and then keep balancing you out over time. And it may always change. And for people, it takes two, three years to really balance out. But I think the HTMA space gets a lot of bad rep, but I would definitely love to put you on a protocol, especially try some of our supplements we have out and just see how you feel. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I think it gets a bad, a bad rep too, is because a lot of practitioners that have used HTMA, or I should say, try to use HTMA, they haven't really invested the energy into really studying, really studying the whole relationship system of all the minerals. So they're looking at it from a very fragmented perspective, and therefore they're getting fragmented you know, so-so results. But I personally think, and I know you align with this as well, is out of all the testing, HTMA, I think, is by far the most accurate and best test you can do when you know how to actually analyze and review it. By far. I mean, you can see like emotional patterns and blood sugar issues, like all from the HTMA. It's, it's almost crazy like how accurate it is that in things that you can understand about a client specifically off the chart it'll it'll line right up with your client intake form with with the symptoms 100 percent. yeah yeah i i think htma is is a really good um way of doing an intake for uh preparation for plant medicine work you see yeah. who you're going to be working with 
Yeah, but imagine um, just having like that calcium shell and having a lot of those poor eliminators on the on the metals is is, is just going to be a setup case for a, a bad psychedelic ceremony. There's just a, a lot more going on internally that they need to deal with before they open up into the realms of that. And I would I would imagine they might not even get even if they don't have a bad ceremony, they might not get out of the ceremony what they intended just because the physical body is not even going to allow it. It doesn't even want to let it go there. All right, we're we're back on. Hopefully, um, if if this episode sounds wonky at, at around this time, then we got we got cut off there. So I'll try to edit it up and make it flow. But if not, this is that's what happened. <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't even know exactly where we were at. But we were talking about the mineral piece, and you know, a lot of practitioners not being able to analyze it correctly and really get deep into the weeds. With there's so many patterns that you can look at and see different emotional issues. And especially as people on the, you know, the retest interpretation is different than the initial interpretation as well. Because, um, one thing, a lot of people, they may get a hair test and look pretty decent on the first test. And what same as the blood, the body's always trying to find that homeostasis, right? A lot of these levels can be propped up by the different toxins and the metals within the system. And then you put someone on a protocol for three months and then it just goes all haywire, right? What we call retracing. And so being able to um, analyze that and see a pattern on a retest that's different than a pattern on an initial test, those are two totally different things. And you have to be able to um, determine that and then work with that and be able to explain that to people as well. Cause they may say, well, my patterns look way worse. You know, why is it happening? You know, and then you gotta be able to explain why that pattern's happening. So the HTMA world, I think is slowly coming around to the mineral balancing. And I'm hoping that the new supplements we've created helped uh, speed the process up even a bit more. Definitely. You know, and one other thing too, it's just like when you've been able to acknowledge and heal something with inside of yourself, then you can actually see it in other people way more clearly. When you heal abandonment yourself, now you can spot it from a mile away. The same goes for analyzing HTMA reports is what you've been able to acknowledge and heal in yourself, then you can actually see it more clearly on the HTMA test. That's something I've really seen throughout the last couple of years is how I've been able to mature myself and enhance how I interpret an HTMA report has come from my own healing and my own processing I've been doing inwardly myself. Now I can see patterns that I wouldn't see otherwise because I've been able to heal that pattern in myself. Yeah, I think so. And it'll be cool to really draw the connections as I'm uh, starting to take on clients. So I just got my first round of clients because uh, I just actually took my final the end of last month, but I'm, uh, I have the best mentors, in my opinion, in the game as far as mineral balancing and Clark and Aaron and Lewis and Susan, like they've all been they've all worked with Dr. Wilson directly and they've you know been in the game 15, 20 years. So anything that I can't answer, I can get, you know, answered within a couple of minutes by one of them folks. So I'm truly blessed to be all kind of surrounded by them and learn from them and be able to I'm in a group chat with like four of them where I just if I have any questions about client information or call in the lab i can just ask and get it answered in like two seconds so that's super dope to have them as as my squad but yeah man um i really want to put you on a protocol we'll definitely have to get you a hair test and see that but i think we 
we we covered a lot of ground today. I definitely want to have you back on. I think that you are probably one of the most well-rounded individuals that I've uh, talked to as far as spirituality. I know you have a lot more you can talk about when it comes to the, the spirituality realm and things like that. We kind of stayed, we went psychedelic, but we stayed a lot of bit on the physical today and relationships, but in trauma, but you definitely have a lot more that we can explore and we'll definitely have you back on, but let everyone know where they can find you, um, how they can work with you, all that type of stuff. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram. My account is J underscore Ganzuk, G-A-N-D-Z-J-U-K. My website is Jason. It, excuse me, that was that's my email. My website is SpecializedHealthAndExercise.com, and the and is A-N-D. So SpecializedHealthAndExercise.com. And then you can also email me at jason at specializedhealthandexercise.com. Cool. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Cool. Stick around while I close it out. If you enjoy this show, would you please take a second to subscribe, rate, and review it for me? Also, if you'd like to know more information about Combo, personalized one-on-one coaching with me, or for upcoming retreat information, which I host with my wife, please visit my website in the show notes or DM me on Instagram. My handle over there is at Integrative Matt. Until next time, my friends.